0: Hey, Real Nerds, There's many ways to enjoy the Real Nerds podcast. You can listen to us on Stitcher, iTunes, and now Spotify and iHeartRadio. You can see what we're up to around town by following us at RealNerds on Instagram. And if you want to send us your thoughts, you can email us at realnerds at gmail.com or call us at 720-6nerds5. Like us on Facebook at Real Nerds Podcast or tweet us at RealNerds. And now on with the show.
1: This is Real Nerds Podcast, unofficially the official podcast, possibly, of Denver Expo, Fan Expo, the new name of Denver Comic Con slash Denver Pop Culture Con. But you can always go on to popcultureclassroom.org to help that charity and see what they're doing around town with a lot of things. Every week on Real Nerds Podcast, we see a new movie and we podcast our experience to the world. This week, we saw Zack Snyder's Justice League. Stay tuned to the end of the episode where we will tell you should see the film, play the trailer, and then spoil it. Yes, an actual movie that has spoilers because it's a comic book movie and it's epic. With me most weeks is Zack and Brad.
0: (laughs) Zack, you're muted and Corinne's (laughs) muted. Come on, guys.
1: I'm here. Hi.
0: Hey. Hi. I'm alive.
1: I feel like I'm talking to myself. Gee, many Christmas.
2: Ryan, Ryan, maybe you are. What if we're
1: not real? Oh my gosh, is this the Matrix? No, 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 no. Like This is a ghost I'm not story. Even, like, really here. Um, <laughs> <laughs> that's my really shitty Keanu Reeves. Checking in, Ooh. Ryan. You've always lived here. <laughs> we also talk about movie news blu-rays that are coming out general movie musings we're a movie podcast we've been doing it for 10 years
2: general movie musings is my favorite uh man uh, member of the commanders of the armed forces you know? <laughs> a great general
1: that's a great job yeah wow lots of <laughs> energy going right now
0: come on guys it's a Justice I, League I, I, episode let's get it together <laughs>
3: <laughs> well, I mean, I think Ryan should pimp the fact that we're going to have, like, our 10th anniversary special here in, like, what, two months? A month and a half?
0: Yeah, it's getting close.
1: hmm Yep. Where we will all get our to head. list of 100 favorite films, and we will debate which films will make it into the top 100 films of our existence
2: I don't want to even try for my choices. Can't I just be the moderator of this debate?
0: <laughs> I mean, sure. Well, make you know, it easier to do a
1: hundred.
2: Um. <laughs> it's not, it's not about ease, ease and comfort. It's more just like, I know that I'm going to lose the argument every time. So I'd just rather be the moderator.
1: <laughs> you can also check our Twitter and our Facebook for Corinne's movie madness, 2021 edition,
0: mm-hmm. where
1: you will be able to vote on what Disney movie you prefer on a list we generated against ourselves, which I think is really weird. And
0: I it's still cute, it I I because been... she wants Beauty and the Beast to win no matter what, so... Yeah. Oh, it nope.
1: won't. I'll make sure that Pinocchio fucking wins this, motherfucker.
3: <laughs> well, <laughs> that's for the <laughs> listeners and the fans to decide.
0: <laughs> I mean... That's why I chose The Little Mermaid, just to skew the results. Fuck
1: yeah. Tell fuck me. it. That, maybe some people think The Little Mermaid's a better film. Who knows?
3: I mean, it's not a bad film by any means, but come on. Beauty and the Beast. How, the how do you fun. vote against that?
2: Ex- excuse me, Corinne. Excuse me, Corinne. Does it have a toad who rides a motor car?
3: No, but we haven't made it to your bracket yet, pop, Zach.
2: <laughs> <laughs> hey, Ryan, telly-ho! Telly-ho! <laughs>
1: hey, every girl wants Mr. Toad's wild ride. Oh, we're on our way to Nottingham,
2: to Wickingham, to Wickingham.
1: (laughs) Yep. (laughs) That'd be great. (laughs) Hey, Brad, can't people see your short films soon online in a short film festival?
0: They can. uh, Next weekend, uh, depending on when this episode goes up, it'll be March 26th-ish uh you can go to the uh Shorts uh Circuit Film Festival and they're going to be screening a bunch of films not even just from Colorado kind of a, from all over, it's a bit of an international film festival most of them are from Colorado and yeah mine will be in there, in there so sweet very, yeah, cool yeah uh, tickets are on sale um i don't have the address on my on me right now <laughs> but I'll just know you can get them <laughs> well,
2: One, two, three, four South Place Street.
0: Here, I'm going (laughs) to pretend that I am just uh, an average citizen. Mm -hmm. I'm going to type Caro Short Circuit Film Festival into the Google search bar. And it was that easy. It's the first thing that came up. So, (laughs) Caro Short Circuit Indie Spirit Film Festival. I didn't even need to know the address, but it's IndieSpiritFilmFestival.org. And it's that's your direct access to getting your tickets and then watching all those films virtually throughout the day of next weekend, March 26th, 27th, and 28th.
1: So do it up, people. Yeah, you can also go to Zach's separate podcast and listen to his panel that he did with the one and only Leonard Moulton.
2: You can. You can do that. Um, yeah, it's the audio version, um, which... Thankfully, the visual components weren't wasn't overflowing. So you're not missing much yet, but eventually I will re- release the video until then. Enjoy the audio version. And where can they find that, Zach? They can find it at Ballyhoo Review dot com or at yesteryear Ballyhoo Review on your podcatchers. Wherever you get your podcasts,
1: Ballyhoo will be there. See, when I give you an opportunity to promote your shit, nor yeah. is that amateur one, amateur two. Fuck. Here,
2: here, here, Brian. Brian, here's the problem. I was eating a Lucky Charms cookie from Crumble, and that's oh, delicious.
0: Blaming leprechauns. God.
2: <laughs> what did the Irish ever do to you? <laughs> they technically helped create me. That's what I have against them. <laughs> no, I Anyways, love the
1: Irish. <laughs> let's uh, let's hike to the top of the Hollywood sign and see what's happening in movie news it's real
2: news wait is that how we
1: find out about hollywood news we have to just hike up to the hollywood sign yeah you, you climb up the h and you look down on the town below okay i've been it, using it the internet from hollywood pretty
2: <laughs> sure it's
3: illegal to do that ryan i don't think a cop should be encouraging crime
2: corinne right, corinne stop 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 it's hollywood rules don't apply <laughs>
0: It's interesting that you brought that up because Warner Brothers has abandoned its plan to build an aerial tram to the Hollywood sign.
1: <laughs> you, like, you like how I do that segue? I didn't know you were going to do that do that uh, story. Yeah, you blew my mind
0: because it, nice. it was a deep cut that I pulled up and you, you nailed it. And uh, Nice. I, I think a guest has just signed in.
1: hmm Yes. It's Hello, Jesse. Jesse.
0: Hey, I'm back nice you know, welcome back
1: we just started the show so jesse is our superman fan superstar i don't know how to say it but you're a you're go-to guy for superman so we're glad you're on this episode with us
4: that's right yeah people ask me all sorts of strange and dumb questions about superman
0: this is no, your first yeah. appearance since uh the man of steel episode like eight years ago
4: <laughs> that's Yeah, that is correct. That's right. You did have me on for that. So this is very fitting.
0: Yeah. And we also had you as our uh, lead snob in the uh, Real Nerds Pod Show episode where we we go against the other Real Nerds.
4: Yeah. You know, it's it's funny. I had kind of forgotten about that. And I recently showed it to a friend of mine. And uh, he was very much like uh, surprised. He's like, I didn't even know this was a thing. Yeah, sometimes I'm in
0: Brad's videos. He's like, "Why would sometimes. you do this to yourself?"
4: Yeah, kind of. He was like, "You should uh, should probably see if they can take that down." You know, once like, <laughs> you put stuff out on the internet, Jesse, it's forever.
1: Don't what? you know this?
0: Why is Are someone you trying flagging... to get a job? <laughs> Someone's flagging my YouTube video constantly. So pleasure yeah. to have yeah.
1: you on, Jesse. We're just digging into movie news. Well, thank you.
0: Uh, yeah. So like I said, uh, the, the Warner brothers is, was, was planning on doing some kind of touristy, uh, gondola that takes you to the Hollywood sign. Uh, and I guess they're not going to do that now because it would be expensive and you know, people are isolating still. So <laughs> not, not a great move currently. And, um, I'm, I'm fine with it cause I've, I've been there. I don't, I don't think that'd be a, a cool thing to do. I mean, It'd be interesting, but
2: one, we're living in a different world with it. And number two, if they've got the money to build a tram or a gondola, maybe they can, you know, I don't know, help out movie theaters. Just saying.
0: Yeah. Or pay their employees more. Yeah. How about that? Don't need a gondola. need better health care. Plus, too, like they already have enough problems with people vandalizing the sign. So, (laughs) yeah, like just inviting more people to get there easier. Yeah. Yeah.
2: Just wait till I get there. I'm going to turn it sideways. Then you'll never know what town you're in. Because the si- H will be sideways, you see. So it'll be like Hollywood. That's not a real place.
0: So it looks like a, th- there's a Zatanna movie coming, and it's going to be written by promising young woman director Emerald Fennel. Ah, Ryan, can you explain to the audience
1: Z- Zatanna?
0: She is a powerful sorceress.
3: Her dad okay. is Zatara. He's like a member of the Justice League, and she's been a member of the Justice League. She's pretty yeah. cool. She yeah, also no, is a... uh, yeah. She's like been Batman's love interest at different points, I think.
1: But she's also pretty cool. I don't. On her I do I don't remember that. But um, I, I do know that she's a very powerful sorceress in the DC. She's kind of their Doctor Strange. She's their go-to for
2: no. the super.
3: I'd say Doctor Fate is more like Doctor Strange.
1: Yeah, I was just gonna say Doctor Fate
4: is more like DC's Doctor Strange. Zatanna's probably closer to like the Scarlet Witch.
1: Sure, but Doctor Fate is really old.
4: <laughs> well, it's a different person every time. It's just whoever's wearing the the helmet of Nabu. Mm-hmm.
1: DC's stupid. Anyways. <laughs> <laughs>
2: Way wait, wait, wait to, wait, wait to open up the borders of friendship, Ryan, by trashing the universe we're about to talk about today immediately.
1: Who cares? I yeah. might trash it when we do the review. Okay.
0: Speaking of DC, the next bit of news is that DC, or more importantly, Warner Brothers, uh, Warner Media, has announced that the Snyderverse is officially over, and there will be no more Snyder movies or the air cut of Suicide Squad. So.
1: Yeah, she should read the interview with the uh, executive. You no, know, she <laughs> says, nope, we're done.
0: <laughs> Which I, yeah. I think is uh, short sighted, but what are you going to do?
1: Uh, yeah, no, I don't
4: yeah, you know. A... They said that before when people were like, release the Snyder cut, and they're like, we can't. It, it doesn't exist. Uh, we can't. It would cost too much money. And then enough people complained, and they were like, okay, fine, we'll do it. Yeah. At
3: this point, the so, bigger problem is that the, some of the actors don't want to come back anymore.
2: Yeah, Ben Affleck's kind of done with it. We'll talk about this, I and mean, I kind of, I'm, I'm assuming one of the shots that I saw was filmed during quarantine because he does not look the same as how he did in uh, uh, the original cut. But I think he's pretty much done with it, and I can't imagine Ray Fisher's returning
1: under any circumstances. Well, I mean, he's in the Flash movie, so he's not totally done.
2: He was offered it. I
1: didn't. Know, I didn't
2: realize he accepted it, given the fact that of what he's fighting against with Warner Brothers. But
1: no, uh, Ben Affleck.
2: Oh, Ben Affleck. Oh, that's right. Ben Affleck is in the Flash movie. Okay, then never mind. He's not done with it.
1: No, and I don't know is Cavill is out because they
4: recast. Like they cast a new Superman, so he's kind of like, yeah, I'm not supporting any of this. So
2: yeah, Cavill's Cavill's got the Witcher thing going on now, so he's okay. He's got he's got things to do yeah he's gonna be fine yeah he'll be fine Je- jesse he'll be fine <laughs>
4: there's there's always gonna be things roles in hollywood for you know tall muscular attractive men
2: so yeah he'll be yep. fine like playing sherlock holmes again and enola holmes too that's what we need that's him right for the most that's what we need him for right now yeah we need the
4: world's greatest detective to be cucked by his younger sister that doesn't technically exist
2: uh but it's but it's but it's fun, Jesse, and she solves mysteries and it's a fun time.
1: <laughs> that uh, movie's okay. <laughs>
2: yeah. It's perfectly it fine.
4: It's <laughs> very okay. Yeah. yeah. It's good for a watch. Yes, I agree
1: with Jesse.
0: Speaking of a uh, DC character's not returning, there seems to be a chance that Michael Keaton is not going to be in this uh Flash movie. Uh apparently COVID restrictions are making it difficult for him to maybe do his job and We'll see how that goes. I'm surprised that he just isn't a lock already.
2: Why don't they get George Clooney?
0: (laughs) Maybe. Yeah.
2: Or
3: Val Kilmer.
0: No, Val Kilmer's going through some health issues. Why not dig up Adam West while we're at
2: it? (laughs) Yeah, dude. Oh, please do. (laughs) (laughs) I want the zombie of Adam West to be in Flashpoint.
3: You know who we need? Kevin Conroy.
0: Oh. Oh, he he got to play Bruce Wayne in the CW uh, but, bo- uh, crisis event. But, but Ryan,
2: Ryan, oh, I'm, not, I'm sorry, you're not Ryan, you're Brad. Brad, what if we just,
0: you know, put him in there anyway? <laughs> sure, I, I guess I'm the executive of Warner Brothers now. Let's just do whatever yes, we yes, want.
2: Yes, you are. <laughs> also, find a way to make Mark Hamill the Joker, like an aged Joker, who's like completely lost it. <laughs>
3: give me a Martian Manhunter movie, gosh darn it.
2: No, we're not doing that.
3: <laughs> yes, we are doing that. <laughs> I am the captain now.
2: You can always just get
4: Will Friedell to be Batman. Will, Fr- oh, yeah, <laughs> I'm down.
3: Or Will that Arnett.
4: I'm sure not everyone got that.
2: Yeah, no, from MMA no, no, Beyond, but... right? Yeah, yeah. I'm thinking Will Arnett, too, now, Corinne, now that you mentioned it.
0: <laughs> yeah, he's Batman. Yeah. Um, yeah. So the last thing uh, is a death. Uh, Yafek Koto died. Yeah. Mm. Uh, you may not know the name, but I'm sure if you uh, have seen him in Alien and what was the other big one? Then I mean, I totally forgot.
2: It's not a big one, but Ryan
0: and I would know him from Freddy's Dead, The Final Nightmare. <laughs> yeah. Fun, right? uh, the Running Man
2: running man yeah
0: um he's got a huge list of tv and movie credits um Mm -hmm. so but i think among among nerds his role in um alien is probably the most memorable yeah Uh, he's in a lot of films although i don't remember the character oh parker that's what it was yeah um yeah so
2: he was a sturdy character actor for years. He start he like he did a couple, He did a he did a film with Rudy Ray Moore. The uh, the subject of uh, Dolomite is my name.
1: Um, I'm trying to remember the name of it though. Uh, He's one of those guys who's in everything, and you really like him in everything he does. You know? Yeah. Yeah.
0: He even came back to voice his character in Alien: Isolation, the video game. So
1: there you um, go.
2: Solid yeah. cat.
4: Yeah, I know. NECA just produced a figure of him recently. They were able to get his likeness right, so nice. At least he's immortalized in plastic forever.
0: Yeah, they had like a huge 40th anniversary Alien like release, a bunch of stuff. So, uh, yeah. So that's news for this week.
1: Movies come out on Blu-ray, and sometimes we get them.
2: DVD releases the blu Blu-ray.
1: Is Blu-ray
4: like an antiquated form of cloud storage? I don't understand.
0: (laughs) 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 Yeah, we here at the Real Nerds, we still uh, indulge in physical media because...
2: Physical media? Jesse, it's the hill we've all decided to die on. I know it seems silly, but it means so much to us.
4: (laughs) Yeah. So... I think this is this is when, because, you know, I was I was very much the same. Like, I don't know why, but, like, for some reason, it was very easy for me to, like, digitize my music and sell my CDs. Mm-hmm. And for the longest time, I held on to, like, all my DVDs and Blu-ray. And I remember one one night I was looking for a movie on Netflix that I knew, like, they had it. And it must have just come down, and it wasn't on Netflix. And I owned the movie. And I just remember looking over at my shelf, and seeing the movie on the shelf and just being like, well, but then I'd have to get up and I'd have to like put it in the PlayStation 4 and I'd have to turn off the game that I'm playing on the PlayStation. Like the whole thing was just so much effort. (laughs) I was just like, oh, I really wish this was just available streaming (laughs) or something. And I think that's when it broke my brain. And then I I ended up getting rid of all of my DVDs and most of my Blu-rays and stuff. So,
0: yeah, I can't stand the thought of the, the studios deciding which ones I can watch. You know, I still understand why they can't be up all the time, to- all the time. Um, I don't know why they have to curate them constantly.
4: Contracts, my man. Contracts.
0: I know. I don't want to be holding to that. I want to just look over at my shelf and be like, Oh God, I got to stand up and walk over there and get it. And this is still way better than not having it. <laughs> um, yeah, no, I get it. Sometimes I look over and they're like, "God, I could just fit so many other things in that space." But that's my thing too.
4: Is like I literally do not have the space for all of the DVDs and Blu-rays that I would like to have. So,
2: yeah, I'll just let them bury me. You know, <laughs> just have to swim you through. Them with them. Yeah, exactly. Just or like you know, like even when I'm living right now, like I'll I'll crawl inside of them to go to sleep, and then I'll crawl out of them to get to work.
4: They're like your your tauntaun
2: as yeah, like, ex- Exactly, yes. It's like a They probably
4: smell a lot better.
2: <laughs> yeah, exactly. It just smells like it just smells like smells like used plastic and sadness, that's all. <laughs> uh
0: so actual releases this week, I totally forgot part of news was that uh it, it kind of merges into both is uh they're releasing the Indiana Jones trilogy, or I guess sorry, saga on uh four K. So, so you're right
4: the first time.
0: <laughs> <laughs> I don't want to falsely advertise that you're only getting three movies in this deal. You you will be getting the four no matter what you want to do. There you is no plans get, to do. Single you're only
2: release. getting three
1: movies, <laughs>
2: Brad. Brad, you get you go you get it from the store. You go home. You open it up. Oh boy! Oh boy! Three perfect movies. Wait, what's this extra? What? Oh no!
0: Uh, That's right. You're getting
4: three movies and a fanfic film. So,
0: <laughs> you're getting a promo oh. disc for a uh, fan fiction film.
2: That's mean. i uh, <laughs> yeah. the King of the Crystal Skulls that bad. It's not that bad. I, I've come around on it, it's not perfect.
0: Yeah, I've seen worse movies. It was so bad. Shia LaBeouf was in
4: it. I mean, that tells you <laughs> pretty much all oh. you need to know. Uh
2: oh. I'm
4: glad he I took will his- say he he wasn't in the worst of the Transformers movies. So there's that.
2: <laughs> yeah. <laughs> oh,
0: uh, boy. yeah. And there should be a steelbook version at Best Buy and a regular edition. Um, no, doesn't seem to be any plans to release them separately. So you will have to purchase all four if you want to get the three that you really want. Mm-hmm. Uh, then t- and that, that's in the future, uh, probably August. But right now, uh, News of the World comes out this week. On Blu ray 4K, movie. uh, the 2014 Godzilla has a 4K release. Uh, sweet Gattaca has a Steelbook 4K release, really. Yep, and Friday the 13th Part Two has a 40th anniversary Steelbook release. But I mean, if you had the Shout Factory edition, I'm not sure. Well,
2: well, Ryan, is the scream was the Scream Factory one a lim- a super limited thing? I can't remember.
1: Uh, I mean, it's a limited edition. I don't. I think
2: but they're, they're not going to do like a standard version, like they did with Halloween, are
1: they? I don't think
0: so. No, I mean, I don't know. I haven't heard
1: anything about it. Okay.
0: Um. Looks like Jesse dropped off again. So. Oh no! No, oh, he's back. Okay. Uh. Yeah, Jesse's so. like
2: Superman. He came back.
0: <laughs> yeah, we was just like, wait, a
4: minute! Everyone got really quiet.
0: <laughs> uh, also, from uh, Scream Factory, uh, Event Horizon has a collector's edition on Blu-ray.
2: Ryan, can we can we do a commentary on that?
1: <laughs> I'd have to watch it again. I haven't seen it in a long time.
2: I need to. I'm going to pick it up. You pick it up. We'll watch it. I want to do a commentary on Event Horizon. That sounds like fun. <laughs> sure.
1: Yeah.
4: The uh, movie is a horror masterpiece. Like it's just so good.
2: I remember it being better than I initially thought it would going in. So I was like it's like a pleasant surprise of a movie. Fuck yeah, God. it kinda came out in that
4: era where there was a lot of other movies that were like, It's horror in space. <laughs> and so it just kinda got lumped into that. But it really like if you sit down and watch it, it it stands on its own. Yeah. It's really like the precursor for a lot of things, like like the games, like Dead Space, mm-hmm. things like that.
0: Mm-hmm. Uh, the Criterion Collection has a Wong Kar Wai collection mm-hmm. coming out. Um, there's a re-release of I forget what year, but it's like a French as uh, cannibal movie, I guess, called Raw. Oh
2: yeah, yeah. Didn't you see that, Brad? Yeah, I saw it. Okay, yeah.
0: Um, what else here? We got some uh, Miyazaki steelbooks coming out for The Cat Returns, Whisper of the Heart, and I think that's it. The Cat
3: Returns is not a Miyazaki film, Brad.
0: Uh, Studio Ghibli film, sorry. <laughs> Whatever. Yeah, and he
3: only <laughs> wrote Whispers of the Heart. He didn't direct it.
0: So, Cor-
1: Cor- Cor- so is uh, still, still part of one it. of his films then. <laughs>
2: I mean, yeah, he he wrote it. It's it's like Quentin Tarantino wrote True Romance. We still kind of consider it a Quentin Tarantino movie.
3: Yeah, but Cat Returns is definitely not a Miyazaki film.
2: But it's Ghibli. It's got the same heart and spirit of it, doesn't it? I don't
0: know. It's, it's, it's a Scream Factory release of these Ghibli films, and yeah, it, they they're, they all have that like shiny steel book single image thing going on so yeah, yeah. they That's look nice yeah. yeah I just can't cool. justify buying them if it was a 4k maybe but yeah it's, it's tough to like I already bought them a bunch of times yes. uh, speaking of steelbooks rad has a steelbook um, from Mondo with some sweet art on it but um, yeah arrow had their big release last year so I guess you're really just getting this for the cool steelbook
1: yeah, and, um, you know the Arrow one sold out so fast. I think I was reading that's why they're releasing that one. It's more of a standard version
0: because um, the Arrow one sold out in a couple days. Yeah, with all those cool bonus features and stuff. So yeah, like the Mondo art is great on it. So if you didn't get the Arrow one, this is a is a cool one to pick up. Uh, the Legend of Korra has a complete series, Blu Ray set. Right on, coming out. Uh,
3: Excellent show. Everybody should go check it out.
0: Uh, There's a new release, uh, "Don't Tell a Soul," which is like uh, what's his name, Dwight Schrute, trapped in a hole. Rain Rain Wilson. Rain Wilson, yeah. Um, You
2: you mean the rocker?
0: Yes. (laughs) Or one of the aliens from Galaxy
2: Quest. Whatever. You mean you mean the guy who got turned into the Fish Boy in House of a Thousand Corpses? Look at you, knowing so much about his career. I know. Someone's, uh, I I full disclosure. I'm, I'm, apart from rewatching The Office constantly, I'm a huge Rainn Wilson fan. Just his film career. <laughs> He's a cool um, guy.
0: Actually, are these March 16th? Is the site not updated? Um, oh yeah, we didn't. We didn't do Blu-ray releases last week because we did the we did film explosion. Yeah,
2: 1981.
0: Well, so some So are already out blu-ray.com is a more up-to-date site if that's not what you're on no that is actually what i'm on it has new blu-ray releases and then upcoming and then like it hasn't moved the upcoming to new so it's i go. Like,
2: to, I just go to the release date section and then it breaks breaks it down week by week
0: yeah i should have stuck with digital bits this is too confusing um yeah so like last week we also missed promising young woman and psycho gore man uh, my hunky boys edition of Psycho Goreman has not arrived yet, even though it came out last week. So, I still love. That's
2: the name of the. <laughs> yeah, it's awesome.
0: <laughs> that movie really uh, looks like it's
2: going to be fun. I want to check it out. It is fun, Jesse. You will have a fun time.
0: Yeah, I feel like stupid like monster <laughs> comedies. Uh...
4: Well, oh, I do. I, I like stupid everything. So
0: actually, <laughs> keep... you're a Power Rangers fan, so. Psycho Gorman is very Power Rangersy.
4: There's a lot of like a r- lot of rubber costumes.
0: Oh yeah. <laughs> oh yeah.
2: <laughs> Je- Jesse, y- you your quota will be overfilled. Yeah, there's
4: a lot of uh, interesting the future of humanity to teenagers.
1: <laughs> sort um, of. A little <laughs> question younger. Question mark? Yeah.
4: <laughs> I mean. I, I no, mean, I, I've seen the trailer. I mean, I know, I know kind of what it's about from the trailer, but it, it does look fun. I'll have to check it out.
0: Uh, yeah, and the last thing uh, I guess is uh, F- Soul is also getting uh, an actual physical 4K release. So, mm-hmm. yeah, yeah. If you, do, if you don't want to wait for, if you're not subscribed to Disney Plus, you can run out and grab it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, Disney
1: or, seems to still release physical stuff because their physical releases still sell really well. Mm-hmm. Because not everybody can afford their service, but
2: sometimes people can afford one of their discs every so often. So, yeah.
4: Plus, like this week, uh, Disney Plus went up a dollar.
1: I know. I I got like four alerts constantly about it. (laughs) It's just like when Netflix goes up, like whatever.
0: (laughs) Even if you like, I remember when they were first pitching it, they had that lifetime price, right? or is that I, I don't remember. that
4: I don't recall that being a thing. I just knew that based on, you know, like their other competitors and what they had, I was like this price is only going to be here until they start putting out more original content and then we're going to see it go up and sure enough it's like hey, this week it's the release of Falcon and Winter Soldier and also we're raising your price a dollar. I'm <laughs> like of course you are <laughs> cuz now you're finally getting stuff that's interesting to watch.
0: Yeah, I could have sworn like early on, like the early adopters, there was was, like a D twenty three special where like if he,
1: I think you're right, Brad. I think you had to pre order it in the first month or something. Yeah, that pre orders were live. Yeah, I don't don't remember.
4: I don't remember that for Disney Plus. I remember that HBO Max had something kind of like that where you could like if you pre ordered it, you could get in at like an entry level price. Hmm. for you know i think like a year or something like that but i get hbo max for free so it doesn't matter
0: yeah i, I might have mixed them up but uh yeah that's that's blu-rays for this week
1: we watch films and sometimes tv shows throughout the week in a segment i call what we've been watching
2: so uh yeah this is the stuff we've been watching
1: Jesse, feel free to uh, jump in if you uh, want to. I don't know if you've watched anything this week or want to talk about it. Um, I can start with somebody else and then if you want, you can jump in. Yeah, no, I'll go. So, cool. uh, I don't, I don't watch a lot of TV,
4: um, in, in general, but I'm still really loving Snowpiercer on, uh, TNT. Uh, it's, it's still like a really great, like original show. I remember when they first, you know, for the first season touted, I was like, well, I liked the movie. So we'll check it out. And the series has just been, it, you know, its own thing. It's like the David S. Pumpkins of a <laughs> TV spinoff from a movie. And it just continues to be really good TV. Um, I'm still watching American Gods. I'm about a week behind. And this season hasn't been great. Like I feel like every every episode I'm kind of like, well, this is weird, and I'm hoping that it pans out. You know, like sometimes you just gotta like get on that train and ride it. And then, I feel uh, that way I mean, about a lot
1: of Neil Gaiman stuff.
4: <laughs> yeah, exactly. Well, and this one's already going so far off the rails from his original book that it's 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 got its own legs and it's running. But you know, I'm trying to trust in the system. And then other than that, uh, uh, John Oliver's show came back on and. You know he's pretty funny. I like watching. Yeah, it. he's been, been last week tonight. Yeah, yeah, show's been. He's been on point the last few weeks. <laughs> yeah, I mean it's it's been very uh, to the left. I would say. I mean, the show always kind of veers that way, but it really, like since they came back after everything, it's like it made a hard left, but. Um, you know, it's always, it's always good for a watch. It's always interesting to see, you know, like, you know, differing points of view. And there's a lot of education involved where you're like, Oh, I did not know that that's how, you know, like that was, was done within like either like politics or science. Like this week's was about plastics and recycling. And, uh, that was really interesting to watch because. I, I feel like we live in a world where we're constantly told like plastics are great. You can recycle all plastics and really like you can't. Like there's like ten yeah. percent of plastics that you can recycle. So that's that's kind of a which I know I knew there must have been something going on with plastics because Hasbro recently announced that they were going to go to plasticless boxes for the figures. So, like, when you go into the store, instead of, like, you know, seeing the typical blister pack where you're like, oh, there's there's Iron Man in the box, it would just be, like, a cardboard box that would have a picture of Iron Man. And all I could think was, is how do I know that I'm actually buying what's in that box and that some a-hole yeah. didn't come in and, and like, buy it, <laughs> take it home, steal Iron Man, and then just put, like some rocks in there and return it.
3: (laughs) I mean, to be fair, you could say that about anything, like a blender or a crock pot or whatever. You
4: you could, but it is a big problem, especially like in the past year, um, with collectible action figures, people buying stuff, and swapping the figure out with basically garbage and returning
0: it. Even with the clear window, like... (laughs) Like yeah, you can see that uh, it's the wrong figure. The
4: yeah, but the, you know, the people that work in the stores, like they don't care as long as something's in there. But like I, as the consumer, know when I go to the store, I'm like, Well that's that's not Iron Man, that's just garbage.
0: I, I saw Whereas uh, like
4: now, you'll never know. You'll never know until you get it at home. <laughs>
0: <laughs> or even if they like put it together right in the factory, like you know, you can get an Iron Man home and he's like got, like got two left hands or something.
4: Yeah, or like really dirty <laughs> paint, you know. Just, uh, I, I think it's a it's a bad,
2: it's a I, bad I, beat. I, I, a bad I'm idea. just, I'm just thinking back to when you said that somebody just puts rocks in there, Jesse, and I just wondered, like, if Charlie Brown gets that for Christmas, does he just kind of lose his shit at this point? Because he's not only getting rocks at Halloween, he's getting rocks every single day of his life. <laughs> <laughs> That's
4: right. So, so there was a there was a big story that happened, and now it like. Because of it, like Target doesn't accept returns on like Pokemon cards Mm -hmm. where some someone or some groups of people were buying like the whole, you know, box of Pokemon cards and then they would take it home and they would empty all the cards out and they would fill the box back up with essentially garbage that was, you know, so it had a weight to it. And then they had a shrink wrap machine and they would reshrink it and return it to Target.
2: But is this in the in the heyday of Pokemon cards, or is this today? No,
4: this is right now.
2: Right what? now.
4: What? <laughs> yeah, so so here's something you guys probably don't know, but like in the past year, because people can't like go on vacations or leave their houses or do anything of meaning, uh people have started collecting things again. Like they've started, you know, buying action figures, buying, you know, high price sneakers. And for some reason, like, basketball cards and Pokemon cards are, like, through the roof. <laughs> like, the value has just, like, gone bananas. People are buying them up. Stores are limiting how many people can buy. People are getting into fights in the stores over
2: them, like fistfights.
3: Wow. <laughs> well, shit, I need to go to my parents' house and dig out my old Pokemon cards.
2: You, Corinne, right? you could have a fortune.
4: You could, honestly, like, I'm not making this up. You could be sitting on a fortune. I'm not making that up. Um, Yeah, people are just, like, nuts for them. So, like, McDonald's, and I only know this because I have a two-year-old, but McDonald's had a promotion recently where in the Happy Meals, because it was, like, the 25th anniversary of Pokemon, and so they were giving out, like, little packs of Pokemon cards, and people were, like, buying the entire, like case out the back of like a McDonald's so then like when you go to McDonald's they were just like yeah we don't have any Happy Meal toys (laughs) because someone bought all of our Pokemon
0: cards
2: Jesse there's a special place in hell for idiots like that who are buying cases of the McDonald's toys out the back
0: (laughs) yeah I didn't know you could just actually just go and ask for the toy you don't even have to buy the Happy Meal
4: yeah they charge you like a dollar or something for the toy you can you can just buy happy meal toys you don't have to buy the meal but i guess because it was becoming such a thing mcdonald's had to change it where they were like yeah you you have to buy a happy meal and then even at that they were putting like if you didn't have children with you they were putting limits on how many happy
2: meals you could buy <laughs> I, I, but it needs to be like the reverse of carting people for alcohol or something like that in order to get them to not buy to not do this shit <laughs>
4: Yeah. I don't know. The world has just gone mad, but that's <laughs> if you're not in the know, these are things that are happening around you.
2: So I guess, I guess to be fair, Jesse, you've got to catch them all, right? Someone's got to
4: catch them all. I don't know. Not me.
2: <laughs> I don't want to uh, be the very best.
4: <laughs> I, I gave all of my, the ones that I'd gotten from happy meals away to some guy in a local group. And he was very thankful. and um, yeah, I, I didn't like mean to, but I kind of like took a dig at him where I was like, well, my daughter's two, so she's a little too young for Pokemon and I'm 40, so I'm a little too old for Pokemon. <laughs> and like this dude was like clearly like 40, if not older. And just the look on his face where he was like, I'm angry. You're giving me free cards, but I don't like what you just said. You know, there was just a lot of emotions he had going on.
2: Oh, he kept his mouth shut, right, Jesse? <laughs> He
4: did, yeah. He didn't okay, say good. anything. You just—he had the look of like,
0: you know, like the. Mm-hmm, 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 mm-hmm. I'm so Little close to the end did. of the sale.
2: <laughs> yeah, exactly.
4: He's just like he's giving them to me for free. I'm
2: just gonna, just gonna take it. You can <laughs> see tiny sweat beads coming out of his forehead, going like,
1: don't say anything. <laughs> yeah, he's
2: just dripping sweat.
4: just running down.
0: I want to unleash my Charizard right now, and I can't.
4: <laughs> but, cool. but yeah I got us like way off topic but yeah other than that um you know I, I watched the first episode of Falcon and Winter Soldier and uh you know I've been watching the WandaVision so um I also watched um which was very uncharacteristic for me but I love the live action movies I watched the uh uh boy I'm, I'm blanking on it something in the black uh it's on Netflix the uh, Pacific Rim the Black that like, oh. anime series that they did on Netflix oh baller and uh, it's it's very uh, it's very anime you know yeah. like it's, <laughs> it's, it's kind of funny to see like uh, a series that was like an Americanization of anime that has been now re you know anime yeah, kind of a like, thing where it brought back to its roots yeah <laughs> Yeah, exactly. It was like, oh, I love Pacific Rim. I'll check this out. And I watched, I was like, this is very like Pacific Rim, like
2: Evangelion again, you know. I mean, Corinne, it might be up your alley then.
3: I've never heard of this. I might have to check it out. But I'm. Have I've never seen the... Pacific Rim the movie, so I might be lost.
2: You, you, no, uh... it does. It
4: has like a really quick like recap at the beginning. I mean, like the the movies aren't like super in depth. Like it, it's basically like
0: uh, monsters came monsters. out of the
4: sea, so we created giant robots to fight monsters. And you're like, that's it. That's that's the story. <laughs> robots fighting giant robots fighting giant monsters.
0: Throw a rock nice. and you'll hit an anime based on that. Yep. So,
4: so yeah. I mean, it was it was good for a watch. Um, it was it was interesting. I was able to fly through it really fast, so I, I checked that out. Um, yeah, I'm trying to think. Not too much else. I watch a lot of YouTube.
1: <laughs> right on. Go. Sorry, Brad. Not good. I was just gonna kick it to. Uh, you see what you've been watching.
0: Oh, me, yeah. Um, let's see, just trying to bring up my letterbox. Um, yeah, I, I, um, after I watched that reaction video to the um, Avengers Infinity War and Endgame, I, I just, I've been kind of waiting to maybe see it again in the theater, like through a private screen, but I was like, you know what, I'm just gonna watch it because um, I haven't actually maybe watched them in a year or so and uh, it was great like watching them back to back for the first time I think I've ever like cleanly done that without like taking a break um, and like they're just so much fun like seeing things connect from one movie to another to another uh, really quickly was great um, and it really kind of like provided an interesting contrast for what we're going to talk about later um, then the other two things I watched were um, how This Get Made did a, uh, a review of a movie called "The Talking Cat, which is like, uh, it. <laughs> yeah, it's it's some really low budget, like the room level uh, kind of hobbyist film, I guess, um, about a talking cat uh, that's apparently a voice by um, Eric Roberts. Who decided to do all of his uh, VO on his iPhone and send it in? Uh, it looks like it. It sounds like he did the read in like ten minutes for all of his lines, and then just sent the file. <laughs> um, but yeah, like this, Roberts
1: cannot be bothered with acting.
0: He's the only name that you'll know from this movie. Uh, the rest <laughs> is is all fresh faces. Um, but there's this cat, and it wanders through um, this. I guess I can't tell like where they are because some of the exteriors are like a mansion in California. And then sometimes there's like stock footage of a beach in Costa Rica. And then the other house in the movie is like, looks like it's in Oregon. Um, So yeah, I'm not really sure where it exactly takes place, but the cat uh, wanders into the life of this guy who works for a tech company and he decides to retire and his son is tutoring this other girl. Um, and I they he's he's struggling with what to do with his free time. And then meanwhile there's this other family in the cabin that looks like it's in Oregon. And the mom has twin uh son and daughter. Um the daughter's trying to become like a tech billionaire and the son is just trying to figure out what to do with his life and she's trying to have a catering company work out and uh the cat wanders between both these two lives trying to like get them to come together and be a part of each other's lives and yeah the the cat has like an animated mouth that like if you did it in after effects and just like put like a black circle and stretch it a bunch like that's how he talks and he only talks to like people once that's his rule like he'll actually vocalize like he's always talking to the audience but he'll talk to the characters one time and you know it's it's never anything super helpful it's just him he says something to them one time and that's it and then he's not allowed to talk to them ever again and uh it's insane and uh just shot horribly and um yeah luckily there was a rift tracks version of it too so i watched that afterwards <laughs> and they made fun of it, which was a lot of fun. And then the Riff Chacks, uh version led me to Roller Gator, which is another terrible short film that has at least one famous person, Joe Estevez, <laughs> in it. And there's a puppet alligator that lives in the sewers, and a roller skater girl finds him and helps him escape the carnival that he's employed to. And, uh, yeah... Do I, should I keep going for you guys? Does this sound interesting?
4: <laughs> I mean, there was already one perfect talking cat movie, and it was called Garfield. So,
0: yeah. <laughs> yeah, th- this one, uh, you know, does, isn't obsessed with Mondays or Lasagna. So, um, I, I feel like you stretched a bit. Um, yeah, that's all I watched. And then Falcon and Winter Soldier, but I think we'll get to that with more people. Zach? Not a whole
2: lot, um, even in between our film explosions and such. Um, I rewatched The Blob and Godzilla uh, for a, a recording. Um, <clears throat> I hadn't watched The Blob with Steve McQueen in a while, and I forgot how old Steve McQueen is in that movie and what he's supposed to be playing. <laughs> he's like 30 as an actor and he's supposed to be playing like 15 or 16. So it's very very stark when you watch it, but um like it's anybody... a
4: CW show. No. <laughs>
2: <laughs> <laughs> he would have been great on Riverdale, Jesse. He would have been wonderful. That's right. <laughs> we we're all
4: High school students <laughs> <things>, yes <laughs> in
2: our I'm 30s it's just like imagining steve buscemi and 30 rock going like what's up fellow children <laughs>
4: that's right what's up fellow children <laughs> <laughs> um,
2: uh, but uh yeah no um if anybody's never seen the blob spaceship lands in a small town in pennsylvania uh, it 's a blobby thing, and uh it latches onto people and then it starts creeping and crawling all around the town um according to the theme song. it creeps and crawls and scatters all over the floor um uh but yeah it, it was actually it 's a criterion release too, so it was a really good transfer and whole movie looked it 's still a fun blast um and then gajira. Godzilla, I actually watched two versions of it. I watched, I rewatched the Japanese original from 1954, directed by Ishiro Honda. Um, which I hadn't seen in a while and it, and it looked fantastic and the movie still packs a good punch. Um, but then I watched the Americanized version, Godzilla King of the Monsters. Um, which I don't remember seeing this version, but but I guess I must have seen clips of Raymond Burr in it. Cause I forgot Raymond Burr was in the Americanized version. So if anybody doesn't know Godzilla, when it was made, Terry Morse, um, uh, a, a filmmaker in, um, uh, America picked it up and reedited it and reshot f- and shot new footage with Raymond Burr as an American journalist named Steve Martin, uh, who is covering the attack of Godzilla, Uh, in Japan. So it's, it's not, it's not like an atrocious thing. And it's not like there's no disrespectful attitude. Terry Morris takes towards Japanese people in it or anything. It just feels weird because they kind of basically strip away the allegory in Godzilla, which it doesn't matter either way. It's still a fun monster movie if you watch the Americanized version. But if you watch the original Godzilla, there's like a really like stark analogy going on with between Hiroshima and Nagasaki and the H bomb that, uh, uh, that affected a fishing boat and where a person died. So there's just an, it's an interesting to see how somebody was translating the material. Um, but it's all cool. Cause it's got Godzilla and he's a big old lizard monster that smashes things. And I can't wait to watch him smash Kong's face and have Kong smash it back in Godzilla versus Kong. Um, and then um I rewatched Sullivan's Travels which I hadn't watched in a while either but I did it for another Ballyhoo. Um the uh Ryan when was the last time you watched it? I know you picked it up before I did on Criterion. Uh
1: maybe 6 months ago.
2: Okay. Um so I found I I I it's been a while since I'd seen it but I rem- I, I was able to pull out another coen brothers reference because that movie obviously is filled with stuff that then goes into "O oh, brother where art thou the scene where um sullivan is helping out that widow and her sister and then he goes to like spend the night in their house the portrait of her ex of her former husband uh every time they cut away to the portrait it keeps changing facial expressions the Cohen brothers pull that same thing in the Lady Killers remake that they did when they ever they move over to Irma P. Hall's, um, uh, hu- former husband, uh, and the portrait of him in the wall. So the Cohen brothers go back to Preston Sturgis constantly because that, 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 that's just like a yet another reference that they pull in another movie that's not even related to their initial goal. Um, but yeah, Sullivan's travels. If you've never seen it, filmmaker in the, uh st- studio era trying to make a serious drama about the depression but he's never experienced hard times so he decides to go out and be a hobo to experience hard times uh and he ends up getting his ass handed to him <laughs> uh and uh the movie ends up being primarily about the idea of like not everything needs to be a serious artistic message endeavor sometimes people need a good laugh um and actually there's a Mickey Mouse cartoon that plays in the movie, and uh Ryan, did you know that before they even got that cartoon in, they were trying to get Warner Brothers and Mary Melodies to uh animate for them an opening credit sequence? uh-uh, yeah, they did, but they never produ- they never. They- we don't know if it was ever even produced because there's no record of a foot- of footage of it existing or having been cut, but that mm. was an initial plan for them. So instead, yeah, they got the. They just have the Disney cartoon, and they're the Pluto uh, fly, fighting with a fly paper trap on his uh, on his butt. So, um, so yeah, Sullivan's Travels. If you've never seen it, you should. It's really fucking cool. Um, and then I rewatched Sherlock Holmes faces death, uh, which is another uh, uh, in the series of the Sherlock Holmes uh, with Basil Rathbone and Nigel Bruce. Uh, this one find Sherlock Holmes solving a murder inside of a, a a a mental kind of rest home uh and it's it's a it's a fun time uh there's a lot of fun gags with inspector Lestrade getting trapped inside little hallways inside the house and Sherlock Holmes just rolling his eyes going like ah fucking Lestrade um but it's okay it's an hour and 5 minutes he solves the mystery cuz he's fucking Sherlock Holmes and he knows everything and he can kick ass um and then the last thing that I watched was a movie that I got I I heard about on a Marx Brothers podcast that I didn't know existed, but it's produced by David and Jerry Zucker and written by Pat Proft, who wrote a lot of the Naked Guns and the Hot Shots uh, films. Uh, And it's called Brain Donors. Um, The director is Dennis Dugan, who is primarily the uh, go-to director for Mr. Adam Sandler. And it's basically a Marx Brothers movie um, somehow in 1992, there was a secret Marx brothers movie made. And the reason nobody saw it is because they paramount changed the title, uh, to something more, more broad and dumb. And they failed to market it correctly because basically what it involves is John Turturro, Bob Nelson and Mel Smith, basically playing Groucho Harpo Chico. Um, and the whole plot of the film is kind of a combination of a day at the races and a night at the opera. Um, it's a movie that like, as soon as like, even when I was halfway through it, I texted Ryan and I was like, Ryan, you're going to love this fucking movie. Um, it's the right amount of silly and stupid that the Zucker brothers are, uh, have made their bread and butter, butter on. Um, but it also feels like, Ten times more intelligent than it ought to because it is pulling off like superb Marx brothers type type material um it even uh they even one up they instead of an opera they do a ballet, and I would argue that as much as I love the insanity in night at the Opera, I'm tempted to say I prefer the insanity at the end of brain donors as a as a comparison because everything that I would probably want to see in an amped up version of a Marx Brothers movie happens in that moment with the same aesthetics as a night at the opera. Um, so yeah, if you've never seen it, it's, it's on, you can rent it on Amazon video and you can get it on Warner archive DVD, uh, but it's called brain donors. This is John Taturo playing kind of like a Groucho Marx character. I want to say like a year or two before Barton Fink hits and we Don't I don't think I've ever seen him do really a comedy of this nature ever again. So if you want to see what John Turturro's career might have done had the movie been successful, this is like this is your example here. Um, so yeah, Ryan, I do hope you uh check this out at some point because I think you'll really get a fun kick out of it. It's like 75 minutes breezes by,
1: <laughs> sounds right up my alley.
2: Yep, and that's all I watched this week, Corinne.
3: So just two things I'll talk about. Hanyu no Yashihime had its season finale on Saturday. And it was crazy. Um, spoiler alert for anybody who cares about Hanyu no Yashihime. Um, they did the ballsy move and they killed off one of the main characters. And then her, the other two main characters like raged out on the main bad guy. And it was this awesome fight. And, of course, at the very end, they set it up to where you're like, okay, yeah, they're going to bring her back to life. Um, But it was still pretty emotional and epic. And I'm so excited to say they are getting a second season. It has been confirmed. We haven't heard the timeline yet, but I'm guessing that it'll probably start in October which is when uh, season one started, so they'll probably just keep the same schedule. But we don't know that for sure yet. But pretty crazy. I'm super excited for season two. Um, Lots of questions still unanswered, so I'm very thankful that, you know, the story will continue. And then the other thing I'll talk about is that I finally got around to watching – oh my gosh, I just forgot the name of the movie, Crazy Stupid Love, with Steve Carell and Julianne Moore and Ryan Gosling. You all that's have a seen fun this movie? movie?
2: Yeah, it's yeah. a fun movie.
3: Okay, I hadn't seen it before, and I got to say I was kind of surprised. I shouldn't have been as surprised as I was by the connection between all the characters at the very end, but I was like, oh, wow, why didn't I see that coming? <laughs> I should have seen that coming, and I didn't. Um, but no, it's a good movie and, uh, really interesting discussion about like masculinity and family life and, you know, relationships and things like that. So this is an interesting, fun little watch. So recommend it. It's on Netflix.
1: I think it was on my film explosion list from that year. I can't remember off the top of my head though.
3: I mean, I wouldn't blame you if it was, I mean, it's a good movie.
1: Yeah, I just can it. remember. You get old. You've done so many of them. <laughs> you have a hard time remembering.
3: I know um, like that first five minutes where they're introducing uh, the couple in the restaurant and you see like the sequence of all the couples and they have like their legs on each other under the table. And then you see this very stark contrast to the main uh Steve Carell and Julianne Moore's character. And, you know, like he's in the tennis shoes and they're not touching each other or anything. And, and then she's like, I want a divorce. And it's like, yeah, show, don't tell. was great. Really well done. So recommend everybody go check it out.
4: I do want to say something kind of piggybacking off of the uh, anime you were mentioning is uh, one thing that I watched this week that was really interesting was is there's a, a YouTube channel. Uh, for a group of people that it's, it's they're called mega 64 they're featured they're based out of san diego and they have a series of videos that they do that are like you know such a uh it's like dragon ball z in five minutes uh metal gear solid in five minutes and this week they released uh neon genesis evangelion and the end of evangelion in five minutes and what makes it interesting is they're like these shortened wrap ups of the series, but they're also done in a a filming style that's known as like sweeted or sweated, where all of the effects have to be practical effects in the camera, like they can't use any editing softwares or anything like that and so it's it's low budget and it's funny, but at the same time you're like man they they managed to pull off some really impressive special effects without having you know like any. CGI or anything. But I mean they're they're worth a watch if you like any of those any of those properties.
3: That sounds awesome. I'm going to have to check out the Dragon Ball Z one for sure. What's it called again? Mega 64? Uh,
4: yeah, Mega 64, all one word. Um they have a, a bunch of videos that they do. Um they're really like if you start looking into their other videos they're really like hit or miss, but like any of their like in five minutes series and spoiler alert, they're never five minutes. Like they always go way over five minutes, but um, all of those are gold. And I think so far they have like Dragon Ball Z, the Frieza saga, Dragon Ball Z, the cell saga. They haven't done the boo saga yet. And then they have metal gear solid and then uh neon Genesis, Evangelion and the end of Evangelion.
0: Now, are they able with, uh, you know, it's already hard enough to make the end of Evangelion make sense in like four hours. How do they do in a much shorter time
4: um, I mean it, it does it does make sense but it's more it's more kind of poking fun at the fact that it doesn't make sense so right, right. I mean you just you'd have to you just have to watch it to see but I mean you get the general idea of, of what's happening because they're still breaking it down for yeah. you but uh, it's um, it's just great. Because everything is is like I said, it, it looks very low budget. But when you watch it, you're like, they actually did some really like amazing things with low budget, you know, using like camera angles and lighting tricks and a lot of milk. Use a lot <laughs> of milk for different things, but uh, and it, you know, it's just funny. It's a good time. So nice. if if you're a fan of any of the series that they they've done, um. I mean it's worth a, a check. Um, I don't I don't know. I, I feel like we've all probably played like the first Metal Gear Solid game. I know most of you guys probably aren't into Dragon Ball Z. And I know Brad and I used to watch Neon Genesis, so I do yeah. love Metal Gear Solid. <laughs> yeah, if you love Metal Gear Solid, go check it out. That's I just wanted
1: to I was like, Oh yeah, I remember I watched that this week.
0: Cool. Brian? Cool.
1: Uh, I only watch... well, I watch Falcon and the Winter Soldier. Um, if Corinne, you haven't seen it, they do deal with, you know, what happens with the blip when it's serious, not through, you know, kids point of view. Um, it's kind of an interesting setup for the first episode. Um, you know, you do get a new Captain America, <laughs> I guess. Just to be clear, <laughs> but,
0: the old spoiler- one is is dead right
1: <laughs> what uh, no
0: yeah no the, the, the first scene was old no yeah. but the first scene when um the falcon is like he's got like his suit and tie and he's got the shield like he's he's either going to or coming from the funeral right
4: no he's no, going he's... to that that thing where he's delivering the shield to the smithsonian he's yeah wearing something different i thought Nope. For that. No, Cap isn't dead. He's just old, and obviously he doesn't want people to know that he's old and living a regular life. So they just made it seem like he's dead.
0: Oh, so he's really on the moon, like they're joking about? Oh no, Jesus! Nope.
1: Like Brad at the end of Infinity and at the end of Endgame, he, he gave Sam the shield.
0: <laughs> I got the impression between the end of Endgame and then this show, like he actually died, and that's why they're having the memorial, and like he's relinquishing the shield because like. You know, he's gone. I, like, there's, I, am on my own. I don't feel like I can handle it. That's no, what I no. got. He,
4: he gave the shield to Sam at the end of, of Endgame because he was living his life with, with Peggy. And, and he just wanted to, like, retire basically and live a civilian life. So obviously, like, what they told, you know, John Q Public was like, Oh, we saved the world. Cap didn't make it. You know, like he sacrificed everything and they just they just left it that they didn't say, yeah, kept one back in time and married his high school sweetheart and got really old and he lives in Ohio. Go (laughs) fucking visit him anytime you want. You know, like (laughs) they they just made it seem to the general public like he's dead, but he's still alive. He's still doing his thing. Because that's why people keep talking where they're they're like, oh, Chris Evans keeps saying where he's like, yeah, I'd, I'd do Captain America again. I'd, I'd step into that role. And so people think that he's going to appear in this series. So, but no, he, he ain't dead. Yeah. He's just
0: old. Yeah. I, I know It's I, as the show made it seem like he was dead to me. Cause like, I was like, why would you like, I, I assume Chris, I'm, i you, Brad. well, like, I, you know, <laughs> I assume Chris <laughs> Evans isn't coming back. You know, I mean, he could, but like they're, I don't think there'd be a big reason for him to, except for like fan service. But, sorry, Ryan, I, I totally continue. No, it's fine.
1: Um, no, it's.
0: I thought it was, an, it, it was an interesting choice if they did, because I was like, okay, cool, that like there are, you know, some stakes to like, him not being there, you know, like if, no, si- yeah. if I mean, if well, sit I mean, through the he's whole not series, like
1: come
4: back and start kicking ass or anything like that.
1: Well, no, and I also think they're setting up that. Um, the, you know, he's obviously, um, Wyatt Russell's character is John Walker, who's US agent, yeah. who is not a very good Captain America. And, you know, they're setting up that not just, just because you have the shield doesn't make you Captain America. And I think that's what, um, Sam is struggling with is he could never live up to who Steve Rogers is. And I, you know, I, I did like the scene at the bank when he was trying to get a loan to save his family's company. And they say, yeah, but you don't have any history for five years. And he's, you know, I haven't existed for five years. It's a interesting fallout from, you know, infinity war. Yeah. And end game. Um, and, and, and you um, know, also
4: a good fallout from that was the whole like, does Stark pay you guys? Like, how do you make any money being a superhero? Because, yeah. Yeah. Like, how do you make any money being a superhero?
1: That's why Peter Parker always struggles, man. <laughs>
0: he has to be a
1: freelance photographer or a science teacher.
0: Yeah, it's interesting to like dedicate yourself to like saving the world, and then you know they make it impossible for you to live in it. Yeah. Um, so, exactly,
4: because Batman was always rich, so you know it wasn't a problem for him. But yeah, yeah. Superman still had to be a reporter
0: or Tony Stark. Yeah.
4: Well, Tony Stark could just drink anytime he wanted.
0: It's interesting that uh, he died and like didn't like. Obviously, he'd leave an inheritance to Morgan and uh, Pepper, but I guess the Falcons out of luck. <laughs> yep. Sorry, um, Avengers. Yeah, uh, but I guess Thor's got a ton of like gold. I don't know. Am well, I also money like,
1: doesn't mean anything to him?
0: Am I, am I also wrong in suspecting that maybe um whoever uh, John Walker like. Is John Walker maybe also like pretending, or not pretending, like is he like the uh, head of the Flag Smashers? So like, the, oh, the maybe. Flag Smashers yeah. are actually like a false flag operation to get people on board with the new Captain America.
1: Oh, maybe, yeah. Yeah,
4: I, I don't know. know. Like, I know that the girl who was, um, Enfis Nest is, is playing, like, her name is like Carly something like i can't remember the last name but it's supposed to be a reference to like carl something who was the character flag smasher in marvel comics
1: Hmm. five episodes we'll find out
0: (laughs) it's only five episodes i know yeah it is only five it's ridiculous five
1: or six yeah yeah
0: what are they doing after that uh loki oh yeah okay yeah
1: um, and I only watched one other thing. I watched the, uh, reboot of Wrong Turn, which is, man, I don't even remember when the original came out. Um, the original dealt with kids getting trapped in the Appalachian Mountains by like redneck hillbilly mutant people and butchered. Um, the, the new one is a group of friends go, um, hiking in the mountains and they disappear and, the one of the kids father goes to look for him and um they're not like mutant hillbilly people it's kind of a cult um and it's it's way different than the original uh it's really gory uh it's it's pretty fun um i like that it was different but kind of had the same vibe of people being hunted in the woods um yeah I mean, I can't really say too much here. It gets really spoilery, but that's what it is. They kids get lost and the dad goes looking for them. Um, you know, it starts with the dad looking for his missing daughter and then it flashes back to six weeks prior and it, you kind of see what happened to all the other people. Um, yeah, if you like horror movies and you like, you know, um, I don't know what you'd call it, maybe survival horror. Um, it's it's a fun one. And that's all I watched. <laughs> um this week on Real Nerds, we watched Zack Snyder's Justice League. Um Brad, should people see Zack Snyder's Justice League? The uh, Snyder Cuts.
0: <laughs> <laughs> um I think the official title is yes. Tax Justice League um yeah I think you should um even beyond like like alone it's just a fascinating like if you're into filmmaking it's a fascinating like experiment in you know like, it's unprecedented being able to watch someone else take a movie that's already existed and like on a big budget scale make like re-envision that f- even that like the original was already a re envisioning of someone else's work, like, just getting to see um, two visions exist at the same time. Um, Saw that a couple of weeks ago. What? Two visions existing at the same time. Ah. Uh-huh. <laughs> <laughs> uh, <laughs> but even just, like, as a film itself, you know, it, it's great to see the, the tone of the other, like, Man of Steel and Batman v. Superman be consistent into this movie. Um, and all the extra time just like really fleshes out what was lacking in the theatrical release. Um I, I think it's enjoyable. I don't think it's like, it's going to vastly like, it, I don't think it makes like it, it, like a complete, you know, revelation of a movie, but it, I think it definitely improves on the theatrical for sure. So we'll talk about more detail in a minute.
1: Jesse, should people see Zack Snyder's justice league? I mean, the movie was
4: basically garbage. It was too short. The director's kind of a creep and a hack. Nothing. Oh, I'm sorry. I thought we were talking about Joss Whedon still. Um, uh,
0: <laughs> that's fired.
4: <laughs> right. Take it, Whedon. You're a hack. Nobody <laughs> cares about Firefly. Um, <clears throat> yeah, you know what? I, I really liked the movie and, and I will say that. The reasons why is is we, and I'm sure you guys probably know better than anyone because you see all the movies, but we really, like, exist in a world right now where movies are becoming dumber and TV is becoming better, and it's because... We kind of exist in this world where like no one is willing to like let anything come to fruition. Like they, they want it like hard and fast and they want it now. Like no one can, can be told anything that they don't want to hear. No one can like wait for the mystery to be, you know, resolved. Like they just, they're like, I need it now. Like they're very veruca salt about everything. And so it was, it was nice to see a movie where like you got to see his whole vision and obviously like studio execs and other people stepped in and they were like, well, this doesn't fit in with the whole two hour promise. And, you know, like the the movie theaters definitely have that stranglehold where they're like, Oh, we need, we need things to be like two hours or under so that we can service more movies. And so that, you know, like there's anytime you have a lot of people looking at something from a standpoint of trying to make money, you're going to lose art. Like, you're going to lose storytelling. And so it was really nice to see, like, hey, you know, like, they should have trusted in the process. Like, there was a story. There was a fleshing out. Um, I mean, like, there was still stuff that could have ended up on the cutting room floor. Like, don't get me wrong. They definitely stretched it out. There was a lot of random stuff in there. There was a lot of slow shots like I guarantee if you took out all those slow-mo shots it would have taken like 20 minutes off the movie but
0: maybe, maybe on more. the whole
4: it was a much more yeah maybe more right slow-mo shots and people singing for no reason um, but on the whole it was just it was a much more fleshed out movie in terms of you know like obviously Warner Brothers wanted to catch up with Marvel like they wanted another Avengers but they weren't willing to put in the time and the work because what they didn't realize is that by the time Avengers came out, all of these other characters that had singular movies introducing them. And, and at that point, all we would had was Superman, you know, like Man of Steel. So Warner Brothers just was like, make this movie and introduce these characters. Well, I mean, I think we're at a point in the world now where you don't need to reintroduce Batman Like, I swear I'm going to vomit every time, you know, like if I have to, if I have to watch Martha Wayne's Pearls (laughs) hit the ground one more time in a movie theater, I'm going to lose it. Just like if I have to hear Uncle Ben say, you know, with great power comes great responsibility. And that's what I loved about the new Spider-Man movie. You didn't get that. They were just like, yeah, you know who Spider-Man is. Like, everyone knows who Spider-Man is. And and that's how these movies were. Where They're like, everyone knows who Batman. But you had all these other characters that they had to introduce. And in, in the Justice League movie, they didn't really introduce them. Like they kind of threw them in and they're like, here's this guy and here's this guy. And that, that was the end of it. But in this, you, you get fully fleshed out background stories for everyone. I mean, it, basically like what we saw with this was Zack Snyder took what Marvel had done in four or five movies and was able to do it in essentially two, you know, if you take like the four hour runtime and break it into two movies and it was very impressive that he could do that. It's not a perfect movie by any means, but it's definitely better than the one we got. And it makes Batman V Superman also appear to be a better movie. Like there's, there's definitely like a vision that they were working towards and that's what I appreciated about it.
1: So that's, that's all I have to say for right now. Zach, should people watch Zack Snyder's Justice League?
2: Um, <clears throat> yeah, I think you should. Um, I, I, I We'll get into it after the trailer, but um, I, I kind of had to step away from this film as a point of being part of a DC universe or anything like that and really focus on watching it as a director finalizing his vision, because at this point the DC universe has collapsed in on itself to the point where this is all, this is all we're getting. And then that's the end of it. So I really worked to separate myself, even from Batman V Superman and suicide squad and really just look at it like, this is what it is. And I can say that if you are somebody who avoided the first cut of justice league and are curious about what this looks like this will probably be the version you'll want to just watch period if you want it out of your system um but we gotta get past the trailer before we could talk any <clears throat> excuse me before we could talk any more about it but yeah i think you should give it a watch especially since it's on hbo max you don't really you're not really paying up anything beyond your subscription fee to give it a shot
1: so Corinne, should people watch Zack Snyder's Justice League?
3: Uh, You mean slow motion the movie? Uh, No, I think speed ramping. Corinne, (laughs) Jesse pretty much nailed what I was gonna say. Uh, I felt like there were parts of this movie where it felt like it, like it, it felt like it was a little too uh, had its head too far up its own ass sort of a thing and especially like that first part or the first third of it i was just like oh my gosh with the slow motion can we please get to the thing already um i was a lot more invested in cyborgs uh his arc and his background this you know we actually get his background this time around and it's nice um I thought that the design of Steppenwolf was a lot better. I thought his voice acting was a lot worse. And we'll talk about that. Um, ultimately, like I I started off really annoyed and I got a lot more invested as it went on to the point where, you know, at the end I was like, oh shit, like I want to see the next movie. But of course, you know, now they're like, well, we're you know, this is the end. You're not going to get another one. And I'm like, what? Damn it, don't tease me with dark Side and then not give me dark Side. Damn it! So, eh, some things are better, some things are worse. It feels more coherent, at the very least. Um, but it really ultimately feels like a, a movie that is made for DC fans. Whereas Marvel tends to have like a lower entry point of where... You know, you don't know who this person is. Well, here, we will explain it to you. So then that way, if you're not a comic super fan, you're not going to be lost. But there are several scenes in this movie, as Leslie Jones pointed out on her awesome Twitter uh, thing that she did. Live tweet. Yeah. Um, Where if you have no idea who any of these characters are from reading the comics or watching other TV shows or something, you're going to be completely lost. So it's, it feels very much like a movie for the fans, kind of by the fans. So I guess just keep that in mind. But people have probably watched it already. So I don't think anybody's up in the air at this point. They're either going to watch it or they're either not going to watch it or they already have.
1: Uh, yeah, I mean, I think you should watch it. I think it tells an interesting story. I think it suffers from some pacing issues big time. I think some of the dialogue is really clunky and stupid. Um, I mean, we've talked about the slow motion shots, and sometimes I don't think everyone's motivation is 100% defined, even in four hours. Um, You know, Grant talked about liking the cyborg story. I'm not so much on board with it. Um, But uh, anyways, you should still watch it, though. Here's a trailer for Zack Snyder's Justice League. I think
4: there's an attack coming. My Lord, this war will fall. I need warriors. I'm building an alliance to defend ourselves.
2: How do you know your team's strong enough?
4: If you can't bring down the charging bull, and don't
1: wave the red cape at it. in here for a reason. And even if it takes you the rest of your life, find out what that reason is.
0: They said the age of heroes would never come again.
2: isn't that right Batman
1: yeah uh, this is one of those movies Brad sent out a text that you know we wish we talked about it right after the film it's one of those movies you do need to there's because there's so much to unpack with it Um, and I, I was always I was really taken aback when i was watching it where you would see you know glimpses of what you saw in the um in the theatrical version of justice league and then it would go in a totally different way and it was very fascinating and it, i mean it started right away with the death of superman um you a, know his screen something yeah yeah woke up his the mother boxes which um is very fascinating. And, um, uh, you know, it's, they're, they're trying to get to a point that their motivation seemed a little more uh, focused this time um, with Batman. Uh, I, I still think Ben Affleck is a great Bruce Wayne in Batman. Uh, I, I wish he actually got his own solo movie. I'd love to see an older Batman, you know, fight crime.
0: I would have loved to but, see him fight Deathstroke the way that's. <laughs> yeah. Set things up,
1: right?
4: I mean, it was cool that they did that little uh, nod at the end where um, he had like the that the battle tank, and he had like the the mutant gang all tied up in that pit, you know?
0: Yeah, yeah. The Dark Knight Returns nod, yeah,
4: yeah. Exactly. Like it was, you know. I mean, because right from the get go, Ben Affleck's Batman has kind of been like a wink and a nod to the Dark Knight Returns, where it's like, well, this is this is an older Batman, it's an older Bruce Wayne, so it's kind of nice to have that little bit of fan service but yeah i i agree with you ryan it was it was very interesting to see the dichotomy in this movie between like you just got a lot more out of the mother boxes where it was like superman's death kind of heralded out a cry to the mother boxes where they were like well this world is it's unguarded you know and there's even like the scene where when they're trying to bring him back and cyborg's like the mother box is afraid of Superman and the ship doesn't like the mother box. You know, it's like the two things were kind of like, both of these things
1: are telling me this is a bad idea for
4: different reasons.
1: Yeah. And you know, that scene right there is, I mean, which is really interesting about this movie too, is they're holding back the biggest hero in it. I mean, I don't think he shows up until two and a half hours into the movie.
0: I was actually shocked how little Superman there turned out to be. Like I, expected with the four hours we were going to get more than the theatrical did but he really is in like the third act
4: yeah well I, I feel like if this was originally because I think Zack Snyder's original thing was supposed to be like a four movie arc so I feel like at the end of the first movie would have been Superman coming back and then he just leaves and so it wouldn't have been until the second movie that he came fully back
1: yeah it's Um, But, you know, that whole scene, uh, too, I I thought there's a one scene or a couple scenes in this version of it that I thought served the purpose a lot better. And that was one of them. I mean, I know I'm jumping a lot to get to Superman, but we have Jesse on. Um, And, you know, the bringing him back to life, I thought had a lot more weight to it this time where, you know, it's are we making the right.
3: built it up more for sure.
1: Yeah, are we making the right decision? Um, is this something we should be doing? How do we know it's going to work? And, you know, I, you know even um, the Flash, I thought, was a lot cooler in this version. Um, I mean, his... Oh, j- sure. But also, he seems really out of place because he's really jokey and funny, and nobody else in the movie is jokey or funny. Um,
0: i say thankfully he's jokey or funny. Cause...
1: But
4: he was, like, somehow less... Because in in the Joss Whedon one, they, they just kind of made him out to be like the comic relief. Yeah. Whereas like at least in this, and that was another thing that I loved about this, is in this movie, all of the characters are like, they're confident, like they're at the pinnacle of their, you know, whatever. Whereas like in in the Joss Whedon one, they're, he's constantly depowering. Like in all of the action scenes, in the joss whedon one they're they're like depowered or they're clumsy like he's he's constantly making edits where the flash is just like stumbling and falling and in this movie we see that every time the flash falls it's because he's been like shot in the leg or shot someplace else he isn't just like oh i'm so clumsy you know yeah. like how's the fastest man alive that clumsy and then like in thought... in, you know in the in the Joss Whedon one where he's just like laying on the ground. And he's like, "Yep, yeah, something's broken, something's bleeding." Like he was just constantly making them like these jokes, and these characters are supposed to be great, and I love that this version like keeps that. Like, yeah, we're here, we're ready to fight. Like, let's do this.
1: I thought the uh, the Flash also because I've never been a big Flash fan, but I loved how his powers translated in this movie. You know, it wasn't just him running and stopping really fast. It was, uh, you know, the electricity and uh, all that kind of stuff. I thought made his character visually really unique uh, when he runs through the glass at the dog watching or dog daycare thing to save that lady. I thought was Iris. really visually cool.
4: Yeah, Ryan yeah,
1: didn't even know her name. No, her name anyway, is like when he saves that lady, and
4: I'm like, Iris West, his is future wife. Yeah.
0: Well, we know that, yeah. but the the movie actually doesn't tell us that itself.
4: It's true. You don't ever see you don't ever see her name. I thought that was interesting too when I watched it because I was I knew who it was because I you know seen like what it was supposed to be. But yeah, they don't ever like mention her name. So yeah, again, more casual world person. Building.
0: Yeah. yeah. Um, it, world interesting story-wise, too, with the Flash is like, much like Infinity War and Endgame, you know, the heroes blow it, and then they have to go back in time to fix it. So.
1: Yeah, it's, um, you know, that's, I don't know, too, sometimes I thought, you know, it wasn't really defined why, I mean, I didn't understand why Wonder Woman couldn't hurt Steppenwolf. Like, I never understood
0: that well, in this did. film. she did. She beheaded him. <laughs>
1: Well, yeah, yeah after totally Superman you beat the fuck out of him. <laughs> but, like, um, you know, like, because, Jesse, you know DC better than I do. But isn't Wonder Woman as strong or comparable to Superman?
4: I mean, here's the thing. Like, in DC Comics, no one is stronger than Superman. Wonder Woman is a close second. And, I mean, like, I think we see that in this movie, especially in this version, because in the Joss Whedon one they kind of dumbs her down. But like in that scene, when he's resc, when she's rescuing the kids from that, like museum and she's so fast and she's so brutal. Like all of the action scenes are definitely ramped up in this. And, you know, like you see how fast she is and how strong she is. And yet again, as you said, you know, when it comes to Steppenwolf, it's like, well, can't she handle it? And it's like, no, that's why that's why they needed Superman, like, because he's that much
0: stronger. Speaking of handling it, no oh, good.
3: Well, I was just gonna say that uh, in the final fight, it definitely felt like the big three in terms of power was Superman, Wonder Woman, and Aquaman, and especially 100%. yeah, whenever they revive Superman and Wonder Woman's like, you know, Arthur, we have to restrain him. So it's like those two are definitely stronger. Uh, then you know, arguably than Cyborg and Flash. I mean, their their talents lie elsewhere. But in terms of just raw strength,
1: Well, yeah, I don't three think Flash are... has ever been a strong hero. I think he's always been kind he, of weak. Yeah, he's not strong. He's just fast enough. <laughs> but
4: like the thing that people don't realize about Aquaman, because people are always like, Aquaman sucks. He just talks to fish. And I'm like, Aquaman's strong. Like he could he could like pick up a boat and throw a boat over a hedge. You know what I mean? <laughs> Yeah. Yeah.
3: Didn't you see Aquaman? Um, he like he's mostly takes a submarine to the surface.
4: Yeah, exactly. Like he's mostly bulletproof. He is, you know, super fast under the water. I mean, Aquaman is is kind of nothing to mess with. And so, can Aquaman different.
1: fly? No. Or can he just jump really far? I don't understand his powers on Earth. Oh, um, he can just jump really far. Yeah, it's just it's
4: just the the strength that he has enables him to jump really, you know, really far, really high, or whatever. But like Jessica Jones, can't fly. Yeah, exactly. Like Jessica Jones, that's perfect. Yeah, it's 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 just like all of his strength. But again, like Aquaman is very strong, and I think Corinne hit the nail on the head where it's like the top three are in terms of like power is like Aquaman,
1: Wonder Woman, Superman. Yeah, but you know, too, I love that they also dived into how smart Batman is because he and Alfred developed those gauntlets that would absorb the energy from, uh, you know, exactly.
4: And things. that's the other I thing too, was a Pretty cool little thing.
1: Batman seems incredibly competent in
4: every part of this movie, where you know, to the point where he's either developing some sort of technology that can deal with what's going to come, or you know, he's just. On the fly, like grabbing parademon guns and shooting them, and and everything like that. And I thought that that was great too. And he's he's using all the weapons at his, um, you know, in his arsenal. And and, and I love just, that
1: he seems very confident. Yeah, I love that Wonder Woman was murdering terrorists at the beginning. <laughs> yeah, Wonder Woman's actually like it's one of those things people are always like,
4: oh. Superman doesn't kill in the comics. Batman doesn't kill in the comics. But like, like Wonder Woman has always killed in the comics and no one bats a fucking eye about it. <laughs> like she's killed a lot of people in the comics. Yeah, and she... also as Zack Snyder said, if you think that Batman just being a regular dude could do his entire job for as long as he could and not kill anyone, you're living in a fucking dream world.
0: I have a question about um, like power strength. So like, I'm surprised, so we see a Green Lantern in this movie, right? And, we sure do. And, and presumably there is a whole core of these guys across the universe, and yet yes. somehow they seem unable to handle Dark Side. Why is that? So,
4: okay, so...
0: Because <laughs> you have a ring that can create whatever at any yeah, time, and well,
4: yet... So the Green Lantern core is like a police unit. And as, you know, Ryan can probably tell us, like, Police are given a pretty good they're given a lot of tools, but every once in a while they come across something they just can't handle. And dark side is is a pretty big thing, you know? And so you know, like that's kind of how it was, is like every sector in space, and like in Earth is like 2814 is their sector that they're assigned. There is a Green Lantern assigned to every sector in space. And so the sector 2814 had a Green Lantern, and then when he died by the hands of Darkseid's legions, although I think at that point in the movie he wasn't like fully Darkseid; he was just Uxus, yeah, um, or Uxus, or I don't, I don't know. I've never known how to pronounce it. It's like U X A S. So good luck. Um, at at that point, you know, he was doing the best he could, and he died, and the ring flew off to find another suitor. But, you know, like, again, the arrogance of man is that just because he's assigned to this sector of space, because everyone's like, oh, why wasn't he back for this movie for Steppenwolf? And it's like, he could have a lot of stuff that he's dealing with in other areas of, you know, the the sector of space he's assigned to. And this was just like a blip. And or he was like, well, Earth is well equipped. It's got a bunch of heroes on it. So they're good.
0: I would just think, like, it seems like Darkseid, you know, when you're conquering like 100,000 worlds, like, he'd probably be the universe's, like, number one priority. But. Well, and
4: that's why initially the Green Lantern was there. But for this other one, it wasn't Darkseid, it was Steppenwolf. Yeah. Acting on the behalf of Darkseid. And that was another thing that I thought was interesting, too, is in the original movie, they don't really mention Darkseid at all. It just seems like the, the main villain is Steppenwolf, and he's just like, I'm mm-hmm. Steppenwolf, and I just like to conquer stuff. But in this one, you get, you know, the backstory of the character of Steppenwolf, where it's like, he he messed up, he's trying to make amends, and he's like, oh, well, I found, you know, like this mother box, these mother boxes, and this world also contains, you know, the anti-life equation. So this is going to get me back in the good graces. Although I will say, I'll I will say that to say this in terms of things that don't make sense. <laughs> you know, so Darkseid or just finds this world and it has the anti-life equation. He has his butt handed to him and he leaves. And then he just, like, forgets what world he was at. Yeah. Because they, like, they refer to it as, like, the forgotten world. He's just like, oh, I forgot entirely where that planet was that had the main thing that I was after and I left my mother boxes there. That's cool. I just just blanked it out of it. Like, you don't have, like, coordinates in a computer somewhere that yeah. told you what planet you were on. He's just like, well, I guess that's going forever.
0: And you have these boom tube things that, like, instantly take you wherever you want to go. Exactly!
4: <laughs> exactly! Like, that, that part to me the... did not make any sense. I thought the boom
3: tubes were powered by the mother boxes.
4: <laughs> they are. 100% Corinne. You are correct. The boom tubes are generated by the mother boxes. So they only... So then
3: once. They don't have the mother boxes, or once the mother boxes are disassembled, then no yeah, boom once tubes. Once the mother
4: boxes go quiet, there are no boom tubes. But still, like, he was on a ship, like you would think that... Yeah, recorded the coordinates of where they... Exactly, like, that That to me was, like, the one part where I was just, like... Because he refers to it as, like, uh, he's like, Sire, I found the lost world. Now, like, the lost world, like, you don't remember where the one thing in the galaxy that you wanted was? Yeah. Like hey, sometimes Thanos. we forget like, like, where like we, we left like our keys and Infinity stuff. I know, but it would it would be like if Thanos was like, "Where did I put that Infinity Gauntlet?" <sighs> it's just it's got to be around here somewhere. You know, like <laughs> it just seemed like a very like flimsy explanation of why he hadn't come back.
0: Yeah, and wasn't Steppenwolf in that original fight too?
4: N- uh, no, so in in
0: the the Justice League movie no, oh, I think he's
3: the, talking about in the flashback
0: yeah the age of heroes or whatever when like Zeus is there and everybody like yeah, is there no, too, right?
4: Steppenwolf was not in that No.
0: okay so when he, when he like I don't know goes to like whatever Icelandic place and he's like oh I found the anti-life equation um, he, like that is a first time for him
4: that's the first time for him finding it on the planet but Darkseid had previously found it on the planet
0: yeah but yeah, it's it's weird that Darkseid doesn't remember. But I guess he did have exactly. his like, Throat cut a little bit, so maybe he lost I mean, yeah,
4: I mean, he got beat lost. up real bad, but still like it just seems it just seems weird to like leave and be like, "Well, I don't I don't even remember where that planet was." Cuz yeah, it seems it's... like if you were looking for the anti-life equation, you'd be charting a course across the galaxy and you would be, you know,
0: yeah, it's his, it's his you know, only motivation. Putting right? like a red
4: X through. Yeah, you'd be like putting a red X through planets where you're like, well, it went here and this didn't have it. You know, so it seems like it would be very easy to like pick up and keep going. But so he's just like, well, I got beat up and then I forgot.
0: <laughs> you know, you you conquer like a hundred thousand worlds and they all kind of start to look the same. I don't know. Exactly. Like who knows? Um, but I have yeah. to
3: say that. Um... One thing that really disappointed me about all the bad guys was how they sounded. They sounded exactly the same. Like I remember the, admittedly. gravelly voice. Yeah, yeah, it's like, it's it's almost like deeper voice equals evil or something. And it's like all the nuance from Syrian Heinz's original performance in the Justice League version is completely gone. Um, Because it sounds like they just, like, auto-tuned it or something um, to make it deeper. And then Darkseid sounds exactly the same as Steppenwolf and Tassad or whatever.
0: Yeah, He sounds
3: exactly the same. No, he has,
0: like, a higher pitch to it.
3: Not really. They all sound identical to me. I mean, maybe there's, like, a tiny difference. But, like, all the nuance in those performances is gone. If you watch the animated movies... Like uh, Batman, Superman, Apocalypse, where Andre Brower is Dark Side, like he has a great vocal performance, and it's like all that you know, that charisma and the the atmosphere and stuff that they bring in their performance is gone because you just like auto tuned it so that it was deeper, and now they all just sound so generically evil that I don't even care. Piss me off.
4: It's true. Desaad should sound more. Grovelly, sniffly, kind of like Starscream from like the original G1 Transformers cartoon.
3: Mm-hmm.
4: You know, where it's like he's he's the servant, but he, like only because of circumstance. You know, and and Side, I mean, most of the cartoons, it's um, Jeremy... Jeremy Ironside, Irons.
0: <laughs> Michael Ironside. No, not Jeremy
4: Irons. Uh, who?
0: You said Michael Ironside.
4: Michael Ironside, yeah, Michael Ironside for the most part, voices Darkseid in all the, the DC cartoons, because he just has that, like, deep, commanding gravely voice. Mm-hmm. And, I mean, other than this movie, like, they've really never shown Steppenwolf in much of anything. I like, think maybe, like, Justice League Unlimited?
1: Uh,
3: I think but, he was only in one episode of JLU.
4: Yeah, but but exactly, like, the you are you are correct that when you watch those, like, each of the characters seems very different. And in this one, it was just like, I've got a deep voice, so I'm evil. And it's like, I also have a deep voice, and I'm evil.
3: <laughs> yeah, that's what I was saying earlier, is I thought that Steppenwolf looked better, but he sounded worse in this version.
4: The one thing I thought I did like the design better than the other one, Um there were times where his, like, machine armor was kind of weird and, you know, because it was, like, constantly moving. But what weirded me out was, like, any time he was talking to, like, Sod or especially, like, Dark Side, he'd get these weird, like, big puppy dog, like, blue eyes. Like, they'd, like, make his eyes, like, really big and kind of, like, sad <laughs> like, so puppy dog eyes. And it just, it looked, like, really comical where I'm, like, you have this, like, really grotesque, mean alien, and now all of a sudden he's, he looks like you know Mister, one of those little it's a quick way to generate, in a gift shop at a hospital
0: it's a quick way to generate sympathy in your villain, which I felt like i I was like, man, this guy was like I love the memes where it's like
3: Rumpy cat
0: like this guy was fifty thousand worlds is a is a debt like good luck, you know <laughs> like I'd be I mean, all he wants to do is go home too like that's it like he's just he's like a lost puppy. You know.
4: Yeah. Well, and they never like told us what it was that he did that he got banished.
0: I I don't think you need to. I I just get the idea. Like, well, he he failed like some conquest. So, like, like one screw up is enough to piss off Darkseid. So
3: if like, he would have been a major player going forward like if he hadn't died at the end of this movie i guess i would have wanted more of an explanation but he dies yeah, so it doesn't
4: really matter exactly I, I i felt well that was my thing is i would i guess through like most of the movie i was just like i want to know a more about him i want to know what he did and then at the end you know i was like like that fight last fight scene was so brutal i was like oh man Superman just almost straight up killed this guy, and then there was the whole thing, and I was like, "Oh well, Wonder Woman didn't kill him, so so that's, that's the end of that like, <laughs> I, I didn't see that coming
0: yeah, that whole Superman appearance was badass, like I mean like, the black costume is amazing, and I really thought I was going to hate it I didn't so. realize like I wish they explained that it's uh, the Kryptonian healing suit, like it's not just a black costume, it's a healing suit. I mean, it was in the
4: comics. Is it also supposed to be that in this or is it just a black suit?
0: Well, I I, like I think in the movie, I thought it was a black suit, but like, you know, we only ever see him walk through the ship and like look at possible things to wear. So I think if they if they had in the movie mentioned that, like, oh, you know, this will help you get back to full strength or something really quickly. Like I think that would have justified like it's not just a different colored suit because we want a different colored suit. That
4: was that was kinda what I was waiting for, was I was like, Oh well maybe they'll explain why it's black. Like is he in mourning? Is it a healing suit? Because in the original comics, he wore it because, you know, the black was supposed to absorb more solar energy and so it was supposed to recharge his cells faster from him being dead.
0: Yeah. And I find they never like
4: explain that in this. Instead it's just like Superman's just gonna bitch in black
0: suit i could have sworn in bbs (laughs) um the fake coffin had like a black suit like they buried him in a memorial type suit am i just misremembering that
4: yeah because he was just buried in clothes remember they just buried him as clark kent
1: yeah yeah because they they mentioned in it that clark kent died in the fight they never said that he was superman
0: but there wasn't like and
4: and even when they take him out of the thing in this movie and they're putting him down in that like goop in the ship he's he's just Clark Kent in like a tuxedo
0: yeah but I, I, I guess when there's like I think back before Justice League there was like a trailer or something that had you know the black suit with the you know he had like his arms crossed and like the silver shield
4: I think you're thinking of that like nightmare sequence that he has in Man of Steel where Zod is talking about destroying worlds and he gets, like, buried in all the scale- the skulls. Maybe. Because he's in a black suit in that. Because mm-hmm. I think, like, the traditional, like, Kryptonian, like, war suit is, like, a black version of his costume. Yeah. Because that's what Zod and all of his people are
2: wearing.
0: Yeah, before their armor. Yeah. But, um... But yeah when he comes back and like like again like I've even seen this movie already in one version like I totally forgot about him being gone so when he drops in and blocks Steppenwolf from uh, oh my god Cyborg and like it goes not impressed it was like such a great like it was a cat picks up the hammer moment
4: yeah it was much better than than the moment of him coming back that we got in the 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 Whedon version where you know, it was like he comes back but he's kind of like like, oh good, Superman's back now help us save this Russian family and him in the Flash kind of go do this thing and everyone else is fighting Steppenwolf and then he just comes back and pummels on Steppenwolf and it's, it's, it's done. It was kind of like well, no one could do anything until Superman got back. And I definitely you know, I got the sense from this movie that he was the final piece of the puzzle, but I mean, they were still holding their own.
0: So. Yeah. Zach, you okay? I haven't heard from oh, you. Oh like yeah. I'm,
2: I'm fine. I'm listening <laughs> to you guys fanboy out. I, I feel, <laughs> I'm, I must, con, I must confess. I feel very disconnected from the fan experience. Cause I've, I mean, as most of the people on this show know my comic book knowledge kind of ceased at a certain point to the point where it's now just on the film level um i like i said when i did the uh my thing up at the top i i couldn't look at this in terms of the dceu anymore i couldn't even look at it in terms of a dc film i had to look at it in from the terms of here's a filmmaker who was was put in uh, put in unfortunately terrible circumstances in regards to the way his studio treated him. And then the way that the replacement director decided to treat his material and the crew members of that endeavor. Um, I, I I'm going to go out on a limb and say something, put aside the superhero element of it all. And I don't know if it's because knowing what Snyder went through with his daughter's suicide, this is the most emotionally resonant movie I've ever seen Zack Snyder make. Um, because there's a lot of theme drawing throughout the whole film about loss. Um, I mean there, it seems on the nose, but I actually thought it was a nice touch of when Barry Allen, I don't know if this was in the original theatrical cut, so bear with me, but, uh, Barry is going off with Bruce. Um, Uh, out of Barry's compound and there's a sign for suicide that says you are not alone um and there's a lot of different elements about assuring people that they are not alone that they're okay and then when you see the four autumn at the end like it almost it almost I got this feeling that Snyder almost didn't want to go back to this territory but there was something about this story that he had already constructed that was worth finishing for him on those grounds and I can never um fully down on, on any artist who has, who clearly has something in there. Cause the one thing I noticed about this film is that it has an identity that I think some Marvel movies don't have, but I don't, but if I'm going to look at it objectively, I don't, I still don't think that the story fully works because my feelings in regards to how it still connects to Batman V Superman, we're still dealing with the baggage of the Martha line and other things that came before it. But if I put that off to the side for a second, I actually enjoyed watching what Snyder was attempting to pull off here. And I think it was very fascinating to watch it unfold under those circumstances. Like, I gotta be honest, I would love to see where this goes. Um, And uh, I, I mean, I, 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 I would, if I would recommend people for watching it in terms of like, I really would watch it just in terms of just its own thing and not even connected to the DCEU because it feels like its own experience altogether. Um, I know it's connected to other films, but it just, it didn't feel that way the way it did when we were building up to it initially up to up into 2017.
0: I forgot uh, to say in my intro that like, you know, one of the things I don't like about this movie is it's so like, it's so focused on just like going through the plot of, you know, like solving like we have to defeat steppenwolf then we have to defeat dark side um and i wish there was more inter-character moments that were like Mm self-reflective like there's you like I i would think there would be like a scene where bruce wayne and the flash um you know uh Talk about more like you know, Batman's an orphan, and, and the Flash like has a you know a dad in prison, and his his mom I assume is dead, right? Yes, yeah, very famously yeah, yeah. so. Yeah, so like yeah, he was killed by a Reverse dad,
4: Flash. Yeah, his dad was blamed for the death of his mother, but yeah,
0: she oh was duh, yeah. Flash, but, so like they should know, have I, like I that see what connection
4: because it's like the only connection we get that's like anywhere close to that is when Wonder Woman tries to recruit recruit Cyborg.
2: Yeah, she's I was like,
3: gonna say. I after... understand
4: loss. I've been there, and that's like the only time where you see like two characters really like bond in that, like, "Hey, you know, we're all going through some stuff."
0: Yeah, like Aquaman and Superman connect because they're like, uh, two dude bros. Well like, but like, um, <laughs> you know, Aquaman has a like an adopt, like a his parent, but he's like of a different culture, you know, um. Does that makes sense, you know, like Superman is an orphan on another planet, you know, um, I really
3: appreciated the moment when Aquaman was worried about cyborg after cyborg's dad died. he's like hey is he is he okay, and
0: yes, or, like he's scene. talking with the flash about it, yeah, yeah, that
3: was like the there were a couple of scenes where I was like, yeah, it was really cool to like see all the characters starting to kind of gel and Um, like really forming like the Justice League and it's because like so much of the movie is just like them off on their own and they're doing their own thing and slow-mo shots of Diana carrying an arrow and Cyborg is a football player Yeah, and so it was nice to have those moments where they were actually all on screen together.
0: It's so goal oriented where they go from like we got to go from A to B to C and none of them like really stop and say like you know reflect on like okay what are we going through right now like what are we doing? You know, what does this mean to us? So I wish this movie had more of that. So.
3: I mean, it's already. Right, it definitely seemed enough. like as the
4: movie went on, Batman got happier. Like he was just all of a sudden, like, he's like, everything's going on faith.
0: Yeah, that was so weird it's to hear like Batman. So into faith. I don't know.
4: Yeah, exactly. I was like, is he George Michael all of a sudden? Yeah. Like what's going on here? He's talking yep. about faith so
0: much. I mean, on some level, it's cool that like, you know, it feels like Superman has inspired him the way Superman is supposed to inspire people. So like it's gotten through to him, but at the same time, it's, I feel like Batman is such a dark character that like, you shouldn't be excited about that. that
4: You say that he was inspired because all that I saw was a man who was so driven by his guilt that he was willing to do anything to make it right. Up to like, even the, the scene, which I referenced earlier, where it's like, the box is afraid of Superman and the ship doesn't like the box. And they're both telling me this is a bad idea. And like, everyone's kind of like, Oh, well maybe we shouldn't do this. And Batman just like, we're doing it. We're bringing him back. I got to do this so I can sleep at night. You know, like it was like, Batman was the only one that was just like, it's happening. Just fucking do it. Which yeah. like everyone else was second guessing because, you know the signs were there and and batman was just like we're making it happen do
2: and it I, I i you know he was so driven by his guilt I and you know i feel i i feel ultimately because it's flashback to 2016 when i was vehemently trying to defend batman v superman seeing it three times go cause, and a lot of it had to do with I hated the people who were backlashing against Ben Affleck. And I was just like, "No, I want this movie to be successful Um, because I still think he was one of the best parts of that film. But the more and more I draw on that Martha thing, if they had found a better way in Batman V Superman to get the fighting to stop beyond apart from that that little tidbit of information for fanboys exactly
4: it was basically like they were like what's your favorite dinosaur velociraptor
2: did we just become best friends jesse jesse my my, friend when i went to go see it a third time with some friends of mine who are bigger comic book fans than i was they walked out of it and they were like all right guys we're all joining the no dead best friends club (laughs) and that (laughs) that was the that was the feeling that i finally clicked in me like oh yeah this is a bad way to get them to stop fighting and ultimately it would make sense for bruce to act the way he's acting if the motivation for him stopping the fight in batman v superman were better but since Since it doesn't do that, it feels weak. And it feels lacking. It's a tricky
4: thing because I I see what he was trying to go for. Where he was, Zack Snyder was trying to show that, he was trying to show Batman that Superman you know, where he's like, oh, he's just like us. Yeah, you know? that, he's like, trying to find that you know, connect
2: he, the humanity. Exactly, connection. where
4: he yeah. built him up to be like this alien and this invader, and it was just like, oh, he's just like us. Like, he has parents. He it's, has it's, it's, that he it, loves.
2: It's almost and, like the scene should have been rewritten in order to clarify that intention rather than relying mm-hmm. on just Martha, why did you say that name? But if we're bringing it into the Justice League, like, you know, <laughs> Bat- Batman's whole... Thing with this, like the interactions he, with, that he and Alfred had, are actually some of my favorites because I do like watching Jeremy Irons as Alfred a lot.
4: Oh um, my god! Like, Jer- like this movie taught me how to make tea. I've apparently been making <laughs> tea incorrectly this entire time.
0: Wait, 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 wait. You so guys, like- if
2: you 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 go ahead, <laughs> I
0: was gonna say like yeah, like they teach to make tea, but like the first instruction is like put the tea in the tea leaves in first and then put the water on it.
4: You're supposed to put the water in first because if you pour the water over the tea leaves, you scald the tea leaves. And yeah, what's the difference between
0: just dropping them in the hot water? It seems the same to me. No, no because no, Brad, once are... you
4: pour it into the cup, it, the temperature degrades by like 20 degrees.
2: Brad, 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 Alfred's lived in Britain before. Are you going to, are you, are you going to question the way they make tea? Like, come
0: on, dude. Look, I only listen to myself, okay? I am the person with the best (laughs) advice and the most knowledge, so I'm going to question this, of course.
4: I just know know my wife loves tea. She loves a good tea. And a lot of times I make tea for her. And ever since I saw this movie, I've been doing that. And she's like, oh, I don't know what you've been doing, but your tea tastes better.
3: (laughs) (laughs) It just tastes like gross water to me
0: the past two days brown water
2: yeah (laughs) you're you're wrong corinne it it helps cleanse your system and clarify your soul i i have a question for any dc folk out there uh which i guess would mean jesse and brad yeah Um, that's i guess corinne too um i i've got some martian manhunter quandaries about (laughs) circling circling my brain so bring it on so 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 Harry you Lennox, know how I
3: feel about Martian Manhunter and I, Harry Lennox. <laughs> I,
2: I know, I know. So I guess I should have included you in this bunch. So Harry Lennox has been Martian Manhunter this whole time. But Apparently. he knows... So, But he knew that Superman was a Kryptonian and gonna, didn't uh, bother to say, like, hey, guess what? I'm an alien, too. <laughs> I'm
0: going gonna, I'm gonna to get ahead of this and say, like, that was a cool moment, but totally not necessary for the movie. And yes, why is he... like?
3: It made uh, more sense it. if they were actually going to have sequels to it. Yeah, because he would be very, very helpful in the fights to come against Darkseid.
4: And he also is he would be helpful. Name
2: Harry Lennox
4: because uh, yes. I know his character's name is like
2: like General. Swan- oh yeah, no, I'm I'm calling him by the uh, actor name because Harry oh, Lennox okay. is a god. Okay. He would have been. Okay.
4: I, he just, I know that his name is like Swanwick
2: oh yeah like that, yeah, no, right. yeah, yeah, sorry Jesse I only speak in actor speak and uh, comic book
4: speak I think what happened with that and this is as it was explained by um, Snyder himself because people are like well, what the fuck is that um, pretty much up until that point like everything on earth was kind of being handled by like this that or the other And apparently, even the Kryptonian invasion was being handled by Superman, so he didn't feel the need to reveal himself. And then, like the advent of Dark Side and other characters like that, you know, um, forced him out. Yeah, kind of forced him where he was like, "All right, uh, I probably need to step out from the shadows." And do my thing but you know his his main thing up until then was he was just trying to blend in and survive
0: because he was truly like an alien among people so, so, like, so, so many like, people died exactly. under Superman in that in the, <laughs> the Kryptonian fight like how okay. do you not step in I'll, I'll give you the that. real
3: explanation okay I watched an interview with Harry Lennox and he was talking about the history of the character and all the decision making and from what I remember, he said, it sounds like it was a retcon and that they didn't initially plan it for Man of Steel. I, I don't remember if they had decided by the time they filmed BVS, but I know, like, once they started drafting Justice League, um, like, way, you know, before 2017, that, you know, Snyder was like, yeah, this character is Martian Manhunter.
4: Yeah, okay. w- what you just said sounds a hundred percent like it's probably true. <laughs> it just sounds like just like a, la- a lazy retcon where they're like, "Well, let's just take an actor that's already in this movie and just be like, surprise, it's it's Martian Manhunter because he can be anyone."
2: I, 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 and, well, and it I, kind of wanna... makes
3: sense that it was Harry Lennox's character because um, John Jones, from what I remember, is. Um, he, he usually does go undercover as a, a black guy um, when he, you know, he appears as a human. So
4: that's usually me. like someone who's like a cop or a detective yeah, or like someone who's mm-hmm. someone who's in like a, a save authority because of the whole like Martian manhunter. That's why he was like, yeah, they call me the Martian manhunter. <laughs> I did think it was weird that that he wasn't just like they call me. John Jones. I was like, well, he's like, yeah, they call me the Martian Manhunter. And I'm I like, yeah. I same Wonder thing, Woman- Jesse.
3: <laughs> I'm like, why would you introduce yourself to a human like that? Like, by the way, my name is Human Killer. <laughs> no big yeah, deal. To and to then just Batman, fly off. Well, like, Batman
0: of all people, people who's afraid of Martians.
4: Well, but <laughs> the thing is, is like, so the people call Wonder Woman Wonder Woman. She calls herself Diana. Like, nobody calls her Wonder Woman. They always call her Diana. Flash you know what calls I mean? her
2: Wonder Woman at one point,
4: <laughs> but you know what I mean. Like it, it's it's definitely like a thing where like
2: yeah, it's that's like
4: it's, the public's name for a character. It's not like the name they you know say for themselves.
2: It's it's, it's so it's, it
4: was very strange that he's like I'm called the Martian Manhunter. Like almost like he's like twirling a mustache while he's yeah. saying it. It's like why wouldn't you just say your name is John Jones?
2: Yeah, I mean, and and again, I'm not like, I'm not not like harping on the inclusion of anything like that, because like, ultimately, like, Like we're
4: we're,
2: arguing over semantics, semantics over a universe that as far as I can tell from what the CEO of Warner Brothers is saying is dead and dead in the water. Also, um, but I will say, where was where was this Jared Leto Joker? in the David Ayer Suicide Squad, because I preferred whatever this Joker was compared to what I got in Suicide Squad. I don't... Okay, I'm so like like glad thing. he brought
4: So, when HBO or AT&T, because I guess they own all of it now, yeah. when they approached Zack Snyder and they were like, you can make your thing, you cannot film any new scenes. Um, he put up his own money to film that entire scene and brought in Jared Leto and brought in Ben, okay. Affleck, which you know, obviously, like Ben's not looking so
2: good these days. I well, mean, no, well you know, Ben, well he's, he's got actually, his reasons. Well, actually, but, well Ben, that's that's recovery, Ben, because he's been in recovery. Um, exactly. Like so he's, he's lost a lot of the fullness been, in his face for that reason. But, you know,
4: that might also work for the whole future. Thing. So it's it's whatever, yeah. but I did think that that was a very like you know like the man is is tied to the craft he's tied to the story where he put up his own money and he filmed mm-hmm. this. But, but yeah, I mean it was just it was a great scene. You know, it was like where was this Joker in the David Ayer version? Um, you know, and I, I think I think that's probably what I wanted to touch on is like the main takeaway from this movie because I think people are going to see this movie. And they're going to see, they're going to ask, well, why didn't we get this initially? And why didn't we get that initially? And why did we do this? And, you know, like a lot of people are going to blame Joss Whedon. But the thing is, is like, no director, no matter how much clout they have in Hollywood, like Joss Whedon or anyone, has the ability to tell, how, you know, like executives of a company to F off. And so what we're seeing here. Is that this is a movie that's basically a camel. It's a horse that was created by a committee. So somebody at Warner Brothers saw Joss Whedon's cut and was like, well, this isn't going to get us to where we want to be to compete with Avengers. And they made Whedon make all of these cuts and make all of these decisions. And, you know, like even with like David Ayer, where these people are are beholden to these executives at these these you know movie studios to like do this and do that and create these cuts and create these edits and and change the stories and everything has to fit in this perfect box that's under two hours because the movie theaters say so and mm-hmm. that's where I you know like when I started with my whole thing where I was like we're we're kind of entering a world now where movies are becoming dumber. And TV is getting smarter because now we have, as we've seen on Disney plus, you know, with like WandaVision where you can make what's essentially like a three hour movie that fully fleshes out a storyline that you could not tell in a theater, but you can still have the same like level of special effects and stuff like that. You just, cause you know, you have it be like between six to eight episodes and it's just, it's, it's so funny to see, how movies are dying on the vine because of this antiquated formula and how TV is starting to thrive. And now with the new deals where, you know, because of COVID and and the movie theaters being closed, like all of these studios are kind of like, well, do we even need the movie theaters? Like, can we just put this stuff out? Like, I'm really curious to see what the next few years of, of movies are going to be like, because I think these studios are going to find that it's cheaper and better for them to create the movie that, you know, they or the director wants to make and put it out on like a streaming service or like video on demand or something where people pay like $30 to watch it than it ever would have been if they'd had to play along with the movie theaters. Like I almost wonder if like going to the movies is going to become a thing of the past.
2: Um, I think given given how I can speak with Ryan and Brad on this that we we've
0: never lost that <laughs> that that desire or drive to go. I think um blockbusters might get hurt but like I think in, indie film like theaters might be the last haven for them to like get attention cuz they'll get lost on streaming, right? Like it, yeah cuz like, there's a lack of wrong. promotion on those so.
2: And
4: don't get me wrong like I love the movie experience because, like, listen, I'm married. I have a daughter. <laughs> um, going to a movie is, like, my last bet. You know, it's like it's like going to the bathroom and locking the door. It's like my last bastion <laughs> of, like, the place where I can escape everyone and, and be fucking quiet. You know? Like, it's, you know, like, I go to the... That's why I love, like, Alamo Draft House. You know? Like, shameless plug. I go... I have a a good drink before the movie, you know, in like the bar. I go into Uh-oh. the movie. I I see the movie. I get some food. I get like maybe another.
0: Is Jesse breaking up for everyone else? Yeah. <laughs> yes. <laughs> hold on! Hold on! All those thoughts, Jesse.
1: Uh, the only thing I will say about that is you will never make as much money on movies like Black Widow going to streaming as you would in a theater. I mean, those movies are going to make a billion dollars. Couple drinks, like. <laughs>
0: <laughs> Keep going, Ryan. So, I'll text him.
1: Yeah, so I, I think there, I think there is ah, <laughs> sorry, I must have dropped. I'm sorry. That's
0: <laughs> all good. I just, I was so interested in what you're talking about. Now I like I can't remember where you broke off.
1: Uh, you broke off. You like yeah. to go to the Alamo and have a good drink, and that's yeah, you yeah. Sleep. So
4: exactly. So I like I like to have a good drink. You know, before the movie, I go to the little bar, and then I go into the movie, and I order some food. I see the movie. I have like maybe another couple drinks, and it, it's it's like my own personal like spa day. You know, like as a man, like I I have like my time away. And even if the movie sucks, like I still had like that time. So, I mean, like the movie going experience will always have like a place, but I'm definitely seeing in the past year where like the movie going experience, it's, it's like, it's a double-edged sword. I don't think it's necessarily telling good stories you know, like, there will always be, like, popcorn films and, and whatever, but I think that in terms of what we've seen with some of the Marvel movies and even with this is, like, sometimes longer
2: is better. I mean, speaking as a person who's watched The Irishman now 10 times over the course of two years, yeah, I agree, but... Uh, and I think that... I, I do think that... I. I I feel like ultimately this is some, the one thing I want to say before I kind of close my thoughts on it is that a lot a lot of the experience unfortunately felt very sad for me because it said when it's all said and done the it's a, it's a, the snyder cut to me is a clear cut example of the current regime of most studio chiefs, most not all but most and their inability to understand how the medium works that they're handling. I don't exactly. think I don't think any of them have any comprehension about actual film production, physical film production, story development, etc. They are inheriting these as part of a bigger conglomerate. And I don't I don't think that them releasing this cut is any actual form of Justice for the Justice League because it, it, because it's something that could have been avoided had they stuck to their guns. Regardless of how I feel about the Martha thing, I did, I will st- say that I did enjoy that they were edging towards an alternative to Marvel in the fact that it was more of a harder edged, s- sorrowful, like gothic opera. And they got scared, they shook in their pants and they reversed course based off of elements of Marvel movies that they didn't need to worry about because Marvel had been building up to this responsibly for years and Warner brothers and the people in charge of it then, and even the people in charge of it now weren't thinking that clearly in that respect. So it's, it's great that we have this cut and I'm glad that Snyder got to fulfill his vision, regardless of how I feel about the thing as a whole, but it does. It it is unfortunate that it is another example of a studio not understanding how the product is made, I, considering the fact that the people who founded that studio
1: absolutely knew how stories worked. Uh, you know, I only play devil's advocate on this, um, only because I, I'll wrap up my thing. Is this film had really big, serious pacing issues? Um,
3: Amen to that.
1: Be, I, yeah. I, I don't. Yeah. I, yeah. 100%. And I. And, and, Zach what I'll say to you is, if I was a Warner Brothers and I put three hundred and fifty million dollars into making a movie and you try to turn in a four hour movie that had stupid lines pacing issues um you're you're trying to make something dark in a world where people have already kind of rejected your Batman Superman film
2: mm-hmm.
1: you're gonna you're gonna have to try to find something that works because you've put so much money into it and there's you can't you you eventually you have to rein in the director and the storyteller too, because a lot of this film too is Corinne touched on is way like self-service to Zack Snyder and like look how cool this shot is of Batman standing over with the shot up in slow motion. Like, do you really need 15 shots of that? Do you really need um every time the flash runs is in super slow motion and it's really over and you know the cyborg story too is i never connected with him i didn't feel like any sympathy for him i'm like oh cool you're like a football star and you got in a car accident and now you're mad at your dad because he wasn't at the game cool like th- there's no um and i think jesse t- touched on this a little earlier too the way the marvel movies work too is because they've earned that right right these the, the dc films i don't think have earned the right to have a four hour movie to tell the story that you're trying to tell. Right. You know, and I,
2: I won't disagree. Cause I believe that Marvel did the responsible thing by building
1: up to it. And if you're a, a boss, you can't just let Zack Snyder run crazy because exactly. I, I, I and mean,
4: Zack Snyder is known for like being a really great, you know, visual cinematographer, but yeah. in terms of like, you know, writing or creating a story he's not so great and that's that's the other thing that i that was weird to come to terms with is like this movie was visually better and you know like there was a lot more fleshed out storylines but as you said ryan the it, it's like the dialogue in the joss whedon version was snappier it was more intelligent and in this one it's just like sometimes characters say like really stupid lines
1: yeah yeah it, and it's not and Again, of, I think that it's fine, but you know, I, I think the nightmare epilogue is the best and the worst of who Zack Snyder is, hmm, because yeah. you have this thing idea, yeah, but what's the point of having it in the movie?
4: Right. Like, there's
1: no point. At well, all. because
4: yeah. that was his ultimate goal. Because as as we saw from like you know when he directed Watchmen, and he even said in interviews like Zack Snyder hates superheroes. So he much prefers like anti heroes or like this darker superhero. And that's kind of like the universe that he's going towards. And it it just, he's been slowly edging this towards (laughs) that darker future. world. Like that that was the story he wanted to tell. Like Zack Snyder basically wanted to make like injustice, the video game
1: into a movie. I understand that too. But as a, a Superman fan, uh, Jesse, would Superman ever go off the deep end like that?
4: Sure, he would. yeah,
1: a hundred. It's called the Justice like that,
4: Lords. Exactly, like that's the greatest story that you can tell with Superman is you take the Boy Scout and and you you take that you know because you know power corrupts and absolute power corrupts absolutely yeah. and that's the ultimate storyline that I think any Superman fan wants to see is you want to so, you know it's nice to see Superman getting cats out of trees and kissing babies or whatever, but it's much more interesting to see Superman where he's just like, fuck it.
1: Yeah. I know. I'm not talking about that, but I mean, do you really think as a, as a character of who he is that he would like turn on everybody? I don't see that. And that's why I always had a problem with like the superior Spider-Man storyline is I can't picture a world where Spider-Man is, like, this dark, brooding, evil dude, you know? And I I just... To me, that just will never work with me with Superman.
0: And, I mean, I love the
1: Injustice games. I love the storyline. I think it's interesting. But as far as Superman becoming, like, a henchman for Darkseid, I don't know. And also Batman teaming up with the Joker, I don't know about that either because... It's just too much, but I did like when Batman said, I'll fucking kill you to the Joker. I thought that was sweet, but. <laughs> yeah, right.
4: When he was like, when I kill you and make no mistake, I will kill you. Yeah. Um, you know, it's funny that you said that, because I, I, the superior Spider-Man storyline, I think is the
1: greatest Spider-Man storyline that's been told in like decades. Oh. Really, when he shoots and kills a dude, I'm like, come on. Yeah. Well, but, well no. first off. Okay. No. So
4: first off, it's, that's not Spider-Man. It's Doc Ock in spider body. I understand
1: Spider-Man's that. So I understand that. Man. Man.
4: <laughs> I, I know you understand. I'm not, I'm not placating to you. I'm not trying to talk down to you. But I'm saying, like, for the purist, like, you have to understand, like, this isn't your Spider-Man. But I don't know. Like, I feel like as a Superman fan, like, you know, I'm just going to say this. Like, Superman's boring. He's got all the powers. He's basically untouchable. And so I think like anytime you can take a story, a Superman
1: storyline and you can shake it up. I mean, like that's what people want to read. And, yeah, and, I get that part know. too. I, I don't know. Sometimes I always have a problem when uh, you, you strip away who their core character is. Um, because I, I think it's okay to strip
4: away the core character, as long as you have
1: like a good story about how they come back to it. Sure. It, but My argument would always be, You know, in Spider-Man, when Gwen Stacy dies, Spider-Man has the opportunity to kill the Green Goblin, but he decides not to because that makes him no better than the Green Goblin. And so I always go fall back on that to my ideal hero. And even if Lois Lane, I mean, I don't know how she dies in this world, but even if she dies, I have a hard time believing that Superman would team up with Darkseid to lay waste to humanity. I don't know. Maybe it's just...
4: from my understanding of where Snyder was supposed to go with this, because they, they also kind of touch on it in this, is that, like, Batman... Like, something happens with Batman where he, like, basically, you know, for lack of a better word, like, moves out of the way and, you know, and lets Lois get killed. Because, you know, like, even the Joker is like, all of this just because you couldn't die... And so the whole thing, you know, like with the Flash in Batman v Superman, where he's like, Lois, Lois is the key. And then we see in this one where he's like, yeah, I had like this dream. And and they were like, oh, in terms of him coming back. And he was like, no, it was something else, something darker. So the, the, the whole story was that this was supposed to culminate in Batman having the realization that he has to sacrifice himself to stop this dark future from happening. And so he like gets in the way of it, but you know, like any time they they want to turn Superman evil, they just they kill off Lois Lane, and that that you know is is like the end <laughs> end goal of everything. But um,
3: and the Justice League animated series, they it was actually the Flash who died, and then yeah, the, it was Justice the League. Death, but, yeah, mm-hmm. the rest of the Justice League ended up becoming evil, and they were called the Justice Lords.
2: Mm-hmm. So exactly. i think the ultimate solution like to all these option. problems
3: is just everyone go watch the justice league animated series it's way better than all That's those right bullshit. watch jlu Hells or, yeah! you know
4: well what's funny is so that that entire run of like the justice lords is actually based off of a um grant morrison frank quitley uh book called jla earth 2 which has these characters which are like the kind of evil versions in like an antimatter universe of the Justice League, known as the Crime Syndicate. And that's an amazing book to read.
1: I love their all-star Superman.
3: And Ryan, for the record, in the Superman animated series, there was an arc where Darkseid like kidnapped Superman or something and then brainwashed him into thinking that Superman was Darkseid's adopted son and that he was a conqueror. And it was pretty okay. badass.
4: Yeah, that cool. is... That, that's, like, a very common theme. But, I mean, like... I, I get where Ryan's coming from. Where he's like, oh, you know, like, this is a character that should be better. But the thing you have to realize is, like, for all of his power, like, Superman is still, like, basically a man. And so... And that that's part of the problem. is It's basically, like, giving a gun to a three-year-old. You know what I mean? Where, like, Superman
1: he can make bad decisions.
4: Sure. I <laughs> everybody can. And, it's, yeah. It's just, and I,
1: I just don't know. I like, I just have a hard time buying that he would be that evil, but you know, if I, it'll never happen. If they would have told a compelling story, then I'm always down for it. You know? Um, I don't know. I just have a hard time believing that that would set him off the deep end so bad that he would weigh yeah. lace waste to humanity. Because if he really wanted to, I mean, Superman could kill everybody <laughs> in the world. So, Yeah, I think from my
4: understanding, the, the seduction Darkseid gives him is like order where he's like, he's like, oh, well, if there was more order and there was more, you know, less free will, then no one would have to suffer the same tragedy you had to. You know, kind mm-hmm. of thing where it's like any, anytime you give up freedom for security, you soon find that you're, you don't, you don't have either. And so that, that was my understanding was that, you know, Darkseid kind of seduced him with the whole like, oh, if, if people didn't have free will, then this, this wouldn't be a thing. But again, this is all, this is all conjecture in terms of like things that like might have come from this film. So I don't, I don't want to go like too far down that rabbit hole, but. Um, you know, it is, it is something they obviously like they, they introduced, like they dropped that carrot where they were like, eh, we could, we could make some more. And Zack Snyder has definitely said, you know, after, especially after this came out, it seems to be trending so well where he's like, I'd be willing to do more. And, you know, the fans are fervent. And so I think that's why today we had the thing where, you know, the WB execs were like, we're not making any more. And I'm like, Yeah, until you guys need money
1: because you own some of the most recognizable characters on the planet and you're not doing anything with them. Just make this Snyderverse, you know, cartoons and then that'll be fine. (laughs) they,
4: They could have any sort of side hustle they wanted to have. Like, I don't understand. And that's, I guess, like the big difference between Warner Brothers and Marvel is like You know, and maybe it's all Kevin Feige. I don't know. Is that like, you know, Feige fights for these characters and he fights for the directors and and for the vision. And he makes the studio see the ultimate vision. And and maybe like, you know, Warner Brothers doesn't have that because they're constantly being bought out by somebody else. But Plus, too, I think like
0: Warner Brothers has like, you know, we have a legacy of like we make art. Uh, oscar-winning pictures you know we have a you know superman 78 is considered an afi 100 movie and you know batman 89 was a blockbuster there's like a legacy that they feel like you know they have to maintain a cinematic thing to it whereas marvel just is like we're just gonna put stuff out because we like it it's cool Mm -hmm.
3: well how is it that all their live action movies are you know mediocre or decent at best but all their animated stuff is pretty good
0: because the animated seen... stuff they just put out.
1: <laughs> yeah, and they're not beholden to, you know, huge budgets. They're, they're not, they're, yeah,
2: they're not under the same expectation. Yeah.
3: So we should have lower expectations and give them less money?
2: I think you should have lower well, expectations I, for most art you ingest these days because it's always a crapshoot no matter what.
4: Yeah, well, the other problem, too, is that, like, a lot of... So, again, going back to, like, the Kevin Feige thing is a lot of the DC animated stuff was great because it was helmed under bruce tim and then like a few years ago they fired bruce tim and i don't know if you've noticed but all the dc animated stuff has sucked oh yeah like it has just gone really downhill really fast
2: i hear ryan and brad talk about the more recent ones and their reception to it and i'm like oh it seems like it's changed but I didn't realize they had fired Bruce Tim, so... (laughs) Yeah, they fired Bruce Tim back in
4: like 2013, and so everything that they've put out since then has been without him, and honestly, like, I was watching them for a while, and they've just been getting, like, worse and worse, and I'm sure there's, like, two or three that have come out that I didn't even bother watching, because I was like, who cares?
1: I have fun with them.
0: I think uh, The Killing Joke was the first one. I was like, oof, Like, why did... This is such an important title. Like, why did you do this to it? And then, like, Batman Ninja, like, is pretty, but it's just, like, the story, I don't care. So. Yep. I also forgot to say, like, I know we're about to wrap up, but um, I didn't preface my review with, like, I I saw this movie in a theater, and, like, despite its pacing problems and bad dialogue, um, it's still, like, I was... It was the fastest four hours, like I think I've ever sat through. It it just flew by, Um, exactly.
4: Because I I remember you and you invited me to that theater, and I was like, "Oh no, man, this is a four hour movie. Like I got to be home where I can, you know, get a snack and get a drink and go to the bathroom." And I I, like I I don't think I went to the bathroom once or got a snack. Like I just I watched that whole thing. I was like on the edge of my seat.
0: Yeah, I I never took
4: like the fastest four hours that went by.
0: Yeah, I never took an intermission. Like I over ordered. Concessions, and I didn't even finish like my first popcorn bag, or um, I had a large soda that I didn't finish. Like I was, it was just over. I was like, man, I wish there was more to this. So, yeah, I, I hope it. And also, like it's it's in a IMAX format. I hope at some point, you know, they do decide to actually put in theaters for other people to see because I think it would be amazing.
1: We will see. Jesse, thanks for being on our show this week. Oh, thanks for having me. It's it was great to have you on and have uh DC expert on where I know DC Comics, but you know no DC Comics. Um so thank you for that. Uh next week I think we're seeing nobody. Hell yeah. Um uh, so stay tuned for that. Um or, or well,
2: or we do that, and we review a bunch of Mr. Show episodes, because why not?
0: Yeah, I'm down. Been reviewing so, Mr. Show episodes on this year, show for years.
2: <laughs> yeah, but, but, but we haven't done a definitive one, have we?
0: <laughs> Just gone through all, I don't know, I think it's 50 of them. Yeah, no, I'm 20. down for it. <laughs> it's not that many at all. No, it's, it's nobody. Yeah,
1: yeah. so we will be nobody. Uh, thanks again, Jesse. Uh, thanks for everybody being on here. Have a nice night.